Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. How do I record an episode? How do I get my show into all the apps people like to listen? How do I make money for my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise your podcast. That means that you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. So if you always wanted to start a podcast, make money doing it, go to anchor.fm forward slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm forward slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. Come on, guys. One more minute. Hear that? It's the sound of rewards points in use. Because when you transfer credit card balances from your holiday spending to the ESL Rewards Visa Signature Credit Card, you earn points to accumulate and redeem for cash back to help shape up your finances. A special 12-month intro rate also saves you money on balances transferred from higher rate cards. So make the ESL Rewards card your go-to choice every day. Apply online at ESL.org Visa. Membership subject to eligibility. ESL is an equal opportunity lender. Blog Talk Radio. Coming at you live is the standing eight count, and it starts now. Before the first round, I'll make a back down. I'm coming for the ground, and no, we don't back down. I'll beat the track down, screaming like the crowd's gonna react. Wow, pound for pound, I'm the best in this game, man, hands down. The way I stand out ain't looking for a handout. I'm undisputed, gassed up, and never ran out. I'm underrated, undefeated, and look the Ladies and gentlemen, episode number 14 of the one and only Stand in 8 Count Radio. We are live coming at you in our normal slot. Elijah, how's your how's your uh, snowmobile incident that I heard you just had? Oh my god, man. The car hasn't <laughs> been out of the garage in like three days. Is it already 14 episodes? Yeah, yeah, 14 episodes in. Ironically, too, I looked wow. at it with everything on the blog talk. Uh, tomorrow's edition of WrestleCast Radio will be episode number 700 for the entire network. Jeez. <laughs> it's, it's been a long journey. We're, we've, we've been dealing with the biggest snowstorm that we've seen in the month of April. This is, for Minnesota, this, this month is the, this is the most snow we've ever seen in the month of April in the entire like longevity of the state of Minnesota. And yeah, it's going to continue. I think you might have gotten more snow than we got here, actually, honestly. Well, it's it's uh, it's horrific up here. Is there's it still talking snowing? about three to five on. Yeah, it's still snowing right now. Um, oh, man. They're saying there might be another three to five on Wednesday. <laughs> Let's what? go. Yeah. Man, I'm, I'm so sick of this bull. Time to, we're, time to move. We're going to move to Vegas. We get more boxing. But speaking of getting boxing, we had a tremendous evening Friday night. Finally got boxing back in the state of Minnesota. We were there at the Armory in downtown Minneapolis, right next to U.S. Bank Stadium. So we got a whole rundown of that show coming up right after break. It was awesome. The venue was tremendous. And Elijah, you know, barring the weather, that place was still packed. It was great. I believe there was 
I think Rob kind of came by and showed us like numbers of attendance, and I believe there was almost four thousand people in house there that night, which is crazy considering the weather. I mean, they definitely the fans definitely showed up and showed out for the state of Minnesota and and supported their local boxers. It was fantastic to see. Yeah, I mean, and the venue was tremendous. The 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 getting into the building was a little bit of a chore. Um, obviously Jordan got the special treatment with you because you had our passes, but, uh, getting in through the fan entrance way took a little bit of time, but I tell you what, once we got through, um, you had no weights at anything you were doing. Everything was clean. You didn't really have to wait to get any, any kind of refreshments or anything or bathroom or nothing. It was just, it was tremendous service, tremendous staff, tremendous building from head to toe, just a tremendous experience. I cannot wait for the armory to hold some more boxing events because it was, it, it felt like it, it was, you know what I mean? Like it felt like it meant to be there once again, like it was in the past because it was such a perfect looking scene when we were there. Yes. I mean, just everything about it. I mean, if you like, if people, you know, people like to drink and stuff when they're going to these type of type of events, I mean, there must be like, 30 or some 30 or so bars like individual bars like around the entire like like ring area up you know like up like kind of like I, I'm not trying to I can't think of the word but you know how like they're sitting area yeah, surrounding like your entire lower bowl there like the whole yeah, lower like, level like each wall was a was a stand like one yeah. giant connected it was it was nuts and then they had really nice VIP seating too, like up even a little higher. They had like these like VIP areas, and yeah, man, that place is just they re- remodeled it beautifully. Um, I'm actually going to probably be going to the Slayer concert that's going to be there next month, and I mean that place is going to be a great venue for boxing for concerts. I mean it's going to be it's going to be lit. Yeah, and the acoustics sounded great there with all the you know the in between round music, the entrances, it, even just even just the sound of of the fights were were really good. So tens yeah. around the board to the armory. Cannot wait to do it again. That was tremendous. Uh, so we're gonna break that down in just a moment after we come back from break. Also tonight we're gonna be talking the Showtime triple header on Saturday with Broner and Vargas. We got the Davis Quaylar fight. Uh, Charlo's on the bill. I, I'm trying to remember who Charlo's fighting. I don't know why. I just mind blanked on it. But um, three great fights coming up on Saturday. We're going to break those down. Uh, also, we're going to talk just the latest news and rumors going around, including what's going to happen on May 5th with Triple G. If anything more is developed with Wilder and Joshua, Heard and Charlo are starting to make some noise here. I want to I wanna see what... Uh, Elijah's opinion of what Austin Trout must be thinking here, kind of, kind of in the in the middle of of the Charlos and Heard battle, not getting any recognition. So just a lot of fun to talk about. I'm really excited to break all that down. There's a lot more as well coming up in the next couple of weeks. So we'll probably get you through the rest of uh, rest of April up until Cinco de Mayo weekend, just because there's so many good fights. Uh, Riota uh, Murata made his uh, American. TV debut from his fight over in Japan that they showed on ESPN dominated six round win. So once again, the CSPN plus thing we've been talking about is already getting some steam with more fights. Can't wait to see what is coming up. 
and, and you know, any other banter, randomness that, that anybody wants to talk about or we got, we'll give it to you as well. One three four seven eight five seven ten sixty is the number. Um, I don't know. I may answer some calls tonight. Oh, people calling a lot. One thing I was going to say, we didn't really break down the Lara Heard fight from last week. We kind of we kind of skipped over that, so we could maybe maybe do that tonight too. Yeah, definitely. We we can get into that too once when we talk. That, that uh, fight was that fight was tremendous. Yeah, yeah. I I was saying to you, my DVR turned off right as they were going to announce the decision. I was, I think that's why I forgot. But we were and talking about. I pulled up. But, I pulled up the Showtime card. It's going to be. Um, Browner obviously versus Vargas. Charlo's gonna fight uh Hugo Centaro Junior. Uh and Javante yes. Davis and Jesus Quellar are gonna be on their on the card too. So Yeah, that that was I couldn't remember who, who Charlo was fighting. I remembered everything else, but yeah, we'll we'll talk that here. So we're gonna let Alex break down here as per normal FML solutions. They have a great, great product that you need to get. The inventory is almost gone, patent pending is taken care of, so price will go up, guarantee it. So if you want to get it and you want to get it cheap like everyone else did, pick up your inventory. Now, Alex, tell them all about the product. We'll be right back, breaking down PBC from Friday, standing in counts, Trump Style Media. Looking to get a head start on deer hunting season? Let FML Solutions point you in the right direction. Hi, Alex from Strong Style Media here, letting our listeners know deer season just got a heck of a lot easier. FML Solutions offer a fantastic deer stand that only takes 30 minutes to assemble and disassembles with no tools required. The best part, though, is its ingenious design allows it to double as a cart to haul your trophy back to the truck. FML Solutions is a made-in-the-USA product manufactured right here in Minnesota. Check out FML Solutions on Facebook by searching FML Solutions INC and visit fmlsolutionsinc.com to learn more about this innovative deer stand. Most people would consider this illegal. 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 What was mere vision suddenly became a reality. When you put a bunch of entities together and you bundle into one giant conglomerate, Baby, you get strong style media. My name is Ryan Cook. I'm the chairman of our company, and I'm here to tell you that each and every week, Sunday through Thursday night, we give you the best in radio. For boxing needs, standing eight count radio. For pro wrestling, we got WrestleCast. We got your sports knowledge covered with SportsCast. You like movies? The pop cultures are where it's at. And for all your local hip-hop, Soda Sound Radio. Make sure to subscribe, like, comment, rate, share, follow everything you got. iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Radio Tune, and that more. We are Strong Style. Just respect my conglomerate. Just respect my conglomerate. Just respect my conglomerate. Just respect my conglomerate. You won't see these folks at the post office. They have businesses to run. They have passions to pursue. How do they avoid trips to the post office? Stamps.com. Mail letters. Ship packages. All the services of the post office right on your computer. Get a four-week trial, including postage and a digital scale. Go to Stamps.com today. 
Hey, Alex Mello here, host of The Pop Culturist on the Strong Style Media Network, inviting you to join myself alongside Half Pint's Kyle Adams as we discuss all the latest news and reviews in movies, music, and television. Check us out every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time here on blogtalkradio.com. Also, you can check out the Pop Culturist archives on Blog Talk Radio, search bar, Strong Style Media, as well as on iTunes, Stitcher, Tune in and Google Play to hear all the eclectic offerings here at Strong Style Media. We are conglomerates. What are we looking at here? Lists all over this safety thing. Third-party background checks for drivers. 24-7 trust and safety team. Critical response line. All right, List, you can play at this game. What if we had a safe word? What about boba? No. What if you actually wanted boba? It's got to be more exotic. What's your wife's name? Oh, Barbara? Safe words, Barbara. <laughs> I like that. Okay. Big show, yeah. Static collector. Show off. Don't get it bunched up or you get punched up. Punched out. You know what I'm saying? That's what it is. I don't take the name of Jackson. I've been warned. I don't push weight from Boston to San Juan. Danny, come back at you there. Man, I'm so, <laughs> mad, at, I'm so mad at Blog Talk right now. <laughs> it's okay. I picked the cuts. Be, be. I picked the cuts. <laughs> it's okay. We can use the cuts next week. We we, we can recycle. <laughs> We're like good uh, environmentalists. <laughs> Man. You know whose fault it is, right? Whose? Oh, fuck! Aaron. Oh, we <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Friday night was a was a fantastic night of boxing. It was hella enjoyable. I mean, it was it was top top to bottom. We saw some fantastic bouts. What did you think? Just absorbing it as a whole, Elijah. That the whole. I mean, it was a there was what nine ten fights on that card. Yeah, man, it was it was amazing. Like lots of fights. Lots of good action, lots of good performances. I mean, a guy who I don't even think that fight was televised, but uh, Lydell Rhodes, man, he looked fantastic. He put on a show. Like, I felt bad for the dude that he was fighting. And, <laughs> you know, there was a – Celso had a quick knockout, which was pretty entertaining. Vishon. Um, Owens was in a tremendous fight against uh, Fondura, and yeah. that was crazy. That was crazy. That was crazy to see a six-seven, one hundred and fifty-four pounder. Like you know, and, and Owens deserves credit for going in there with something. Like we clowned last week, but that dude was like, "I will break him." I mean, obviously he didn't say that, but that was kind of like the mentality I got when he was throwing eighteen hooks a minute. Like, good God. Yeah. Yeah, he definitely was a lot tougher than I thought he would be, being that, you know, he weighs so little for how tall he is. You know, I I thought he might be a little, a little easy to like push around and stuff. So, but that was not the case. Yeah, it was. I mean, and then you know, talks about. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Keep going. Obviously, the main the main event was a barn burner. Yes, like that was a hell of a fight. 
Yeah, we didn't know what the outcome was going to be until the actual decision was read. So, I mean, that fight was great. Just a lot, a lot of good action, man. It was, it was nice coming out of here. You know, I, like, like I, you know, I, I said last week when we were talking, we were talking to our guests. You know, I don't, I don't know a ton of Minnesota guys, so I was really intrigued because I know a lot more of you know the European fighters and and our yeah. country kind of. Because I've, I've, you know, I've watched them with internet and my Amazon Fire Stick uh, bootleg. Let's go, and just things like that. So I, I haven't gotten to see what others have seen, and I was a hundred percent impressed throughout the board with with the talent that we got. Yeah. Um, the, the, you know, every one of these guys just just put up put up a hell of a fight. I know, you know, we mentioned we mentioned the fight with Sean Owens and Sebastian Fundara. Fundara, we could we could almost even start there. I know it's kind of jumping out of out of the way, but I came away with two things out of that fight that really had me excited. Was one, I had I was marveled with six seven one fifty four, and that was the way that he fought. Like he looked dangerous. He looked he looked like somebody that walked away almost a star from the from the show. It was. It was incredible to see because it was such a such a wild. I don't want to say, I don't want to use the word oddity because that's kind of messed up. But I mean, it, it was it was something you don't see. And no. He, he was walking down the ramp. I stood up and looked. Went, oh my gosh. You know, this guy looks like yeah. like a he's a giant out there. But then yeah. to to throw it with his opponent with uh, Vishon Owens, this guy took a beating and just kept going. I couldn't believe the heart Owen showed in this fight. I I thought two rounds before that, I was like, I don't know. You know, I, I gave the third round to, to Owens. I gave the first two to Fundora. And I thought for a minute there, right before Owens turned it on, I was like, man, this is this is looking to be a struggle, and he's, he's getting outworked here. And then he started fighting, and he started really landing punches. And that great yeah. determination... It it reminds me of what I had said to you before, um, with Jamal James after he lost to uh, um, what's his name Eudora Ugas. Uh, Ugas, Ugas, yeah. Um, he took it as not a loss per se, but as a step and motivator to the next step, and he goes and knocks out Diego Chavez, which only Keith Thurman has ever done. So yeah. I look at this as with the way that Owens fought through this fight. I think he's going to come back better from this. And even in defeat, I'm more excited to see Vashawn Owens now than I was before the fight. Yeah. And when you get that, you know, this fight has made me a fan of two fighters. And it's not very often you get to say you can do that. And I'm, I think that's why this is my MVP fight of the, the night. You know, it, yeah. they stopped it in the fifth. But even though it didn't go past that fifth round, I walked away with two new broad thoughts on two different fighters that I'd never seen before. And I immediately gravitated to wanting to see both of them because they both have a story. Now I'm interested in where does yeah. one go and how does one come back from it? So tremendous, tremendous to both Sebastian Fundora and Vashawn Owens for, for the fight that they had, because it was, it was, it was awesome. It was awesome. Yeah, it was tremendous. And I mean, man, Vishon landed some, some big punches on him too. It just, mm-hmm. It wasn't as many as Fondora was, and I mean, it's just a, a tough matchup when you're uh, what five 
5'11", 5'10", you're going up against a 6'7 guy. I mean, kudos to Vishon for accepting the fight. Yeah. And that's, that's, he's already at a disadvantage with the length and height, you know. Just crazy. So so he, he put up, yeah, like I said, I mean, <laughs> I, I never in a million years expected expect a dude to be throwing those kind of combinations with power. You know, you always imagine the down fighter being able to do it, but then you always think of, well, you know, little Max syndrome, this dude with all the momentum throwing upwards is going to hurt harder. Yeah. And he did. I mean, you know, we, we saw, you know, like I said, I gave him the third round because he came out banging with it. But it was, man, I just, I couldn't believe the punches that Pandora was putting together. I'm, I cannot wait to see both. I hope, I hope we get to see both of them on a PVC again because yeah, they they had the crowd behind them and you know I I think everybody left that fight in that building excited over the two guys. Yeah, and I mean even the um, our buddy our buddy Gizzy, he had a dominating performance um, to go two and zero. Even though he didn't get the knockout, he still dominated the guy. Uh, every every right hand that he hit that guy with, the guy was holding him after. So <laughs> holding on for dear life. And then uh, Uriel Laura, he put on a very dominating performance too. Um, yeah. And Marlon Sims, Marlon Sims was in there with a, was it Curry? Yeah, Carl Curry. Let's let's start there then. So let's go one by one then. Okay. Uh, Marlon Sims. Uh, defeated Kyle Curry, uh, 39-36 unanimous decision decision from the, from the the judges. Uh, but yeah, you know, break down the fight. Um, just your classic. One guy was way more talented than the other guy, but the other guy, you know, came to fight and hung in there, and uh, Marlon won all the rounds, but Curry was no chump. I mean, he stayed in there, and Marlon had to really show some boxing skills, skills to get the W. So that's that's my take on that fight. Now, and what I was wondering that I missed too was uh, it was it was three three to one ninety or thirty nine thirty six. I didn't did they give one round a ten eight because I didn't I didn't even know that because I don't he didn't get I don't believe so. Yeah, he didn't get all four rounds, but. Yeah. Doing the math, if if he would have got a, you know, if you give Curry a ten, then two nines, he's sitting at a, a thirty eight or a twenty eight. You give him the other nine, it'd be thirty nine thirty seven. Is how it would have worked. But it was thirty nine thirty six. So somewhere in there, in the time of us getting in there and catching up with you, there was a there was a ten eight round. I don't remember the ten eight round. I remember, like, Curry maybe like winning possibly winning the last round but i don't remember a 10-8 round in there so yeah and i i don't know what what each round was like i said i got in there too late i just as i sat down i heard the the judges said scorecard but yeah some point there was a 10-8 round and i'm wondering how close they were to stopping it if there wasn't a knockdown yeah um second fight of the night you mentioned up uh uriel lara took on thomas amaro uh, this was a clean sweep, forty thirty six in my book. Uh, I mean, what, I mean, there wasn't much to say. Uh, Laura dominated him. Amaro I'm surprised the like, fight wasn't stopped. Amaro looked like he didn't even want to be there. 
No, and I th- I'm surprised the fight wasn't didn't get stopped. Because yeah, especially third round. Um, you know, in the notes, almost should have been stopped. Amara looks like he wants out. Yeah, <laughs> you know? he was essentially leaning on the ropes like most of the third round, just kind of like get me out of here. And I mean, you know, I I think the only thing that saved him was once the fourth round hit. I think Lara started kind of slowly losing a little bit of steam because of how much punishment he was putting on. I think that's that's the only thing that, that allowed Amaro to stay in the fight is he wasn't going to get pummeled like he did the past three. Yeah. yeah. He was locked out with it. But I'll tell you this, though, the, the main thing I took out of that fight with uh, with uh, Uriel Lara is when that dude starts getting rounds under his belt and gets used to excuse me, going longer, and if he can put up that that style with combina- putting those combinations of punches together, this is going to be a dangerous dude. Yeah, definitely. He uh, he looked he looked fabulous with his combination punching and his pressure, and yeah, tremendous. Uh, then we saw uh, you know our, our guy Gizzy defeated Raymond Chacon. Uh, Chacon getting held up by the ropes a little bit there. Uh, the oh, there was couple. a couple times. There was a couple times where I'm like, man, that should have been a knockdown because the ropes were. He was like essentially like falling back into the ropes, and the ropes are like holding him up. Man, I was like, come on. In that that first round, uh, Gizzy worked a great jab. He was coming full speed ahead. I mean, he definitely had his his excitement boots on. It looked like. You know, as as you mentioned, that he kept getting, you know, Chacon kept getting held up by the rope. He did land a nice counter on Gizzy, and it didn't it didn't really do much of anything. I, he backed up for a second. I thought Chacon was going to give himself some room, and then Pierre just charged full speed ahead again and recovered and just yeah. went right back. And it was like, dude, you had one. I remember saying that to you. I was like, dude, if this guy was a complete fighter. He he has some nice counters, but once he throws that, it's like he turns off. It's like, okay, I did something, and then doesn't know what to do after that, and just gets pummeled and pummeled and pummeled. It was, it was interesting. And then once again, it remind you know I reminded myself he was seven and twenty eight. That's probably why yeah. he's seven and twenty eight. And you know, Gizzy did his thing. Second round was a little interesting. It was kind of close at start. Uh, Pierre landed a huge right, changing the whole round. Once again, Chacon getting the ropes, holding him up. Uh, but if you remember, Pierre got a little wild at the end, and he got caught with a punch, and he turned and his knee touched the canvas, but the ref didn't call it. Uh-huh. Uh, that was something that I thought was a little bit of a game changer that Chacon, once again, didn't capitalize on. Uh, third round, there was all just another onslaught of destruction from Pierre. Chacon kept holding and holding once again, kind of like we saw in the Marlon Sims fight. Fourth round, more of the same. Pierre was just way too skilled, way too dominant. He got comfortable by the end there. Chacon had no chance. He knew it, held it out, won that 40-36, dominating four rounds to nothing. Yeah. I feel like if Gizzy would have just been a little more relaxed, he probably could have stopped him. But a lot of times he was, you know, going for that one big punch and that was kind of allowing him to get like held up and stuff. But I mean, even though he didn't knock him out, he still, he still kicked his butt. There's like, there's no way you would think that Chacon would belong in the ring with, with with a guy like Gizzy. So dominant performance. It was, it was 
a class. He was in a class of his own in that fight. Uh, I'll ask you this, Elijah. Do you think it was the, I know this guy can't hurt me, so I'm going to go to try to try to pop the crowd and get this knockout? Or do you think it was just the whole, you know, excitement of being, being in front of your hometown? I think it was a combination of both. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, even with us, he was talking about how he wanted to get the knockout and he wanted to please the fans and stuff. And, you know, I'm sure after that first counter, he was kind of like, okay, this guy, like, hit me with a good counter shot and he's not hurting me, so. So I, th- I think it, it was a combination of both. It was it was awesome. It was just awesome. Then we got uh, Brandon Bow took on Celso Ramirez. Celso Oh, just- God. El Nino, my only notes are El Nino crushing. That's I have three words about this fight. That's all I have written down. <laughs> I don't know. I don't Man, know what else to say. I can't believe that no, this dude, this dude that uh, Celso was uh, going up against, was showboating and stuff. I was like, come on, dude. I'm like, I'm like, why are you showboating? You're getting your butt kicked. Twelve and twelve, and he's doing an Ali shuffle. Yeah. After he was, and then like he he did that ollie shuffle and like not even like ten seconds later he was on his butt. <laughs> that was a hell of a performance, man. Like that dude, that dude knew he was coming to lose, and he's like, "Well, might as well, might as well make my make myself look good or make a statement somehow, even though I'm getting my butt kicked. Maybe uh, people will like like me cocking off. I don't know, but that that." It was cracking me up. I was like, "What are you doing out there, dude?" <laughs> I like the uh, the hand Celso put on him. That that was the the more entertaining than uh, his uh, Ali shuffle, as you would say. You know, um, I I I do think there is one word to describe the uh, the Ali shuffle that he dropped, and it's just simply this. So. Trash. Dude, you hit with the trash, but super trash. Gentlemen, that is the super trash sounder of the week. Goes to oh Brandon and B. <laughs> Getting bubbled. Oh, it was tremendous. It's such a great win, and that that woke that crowd up too. That got that got the yeah. crowd really going. Um, yeah. Then uh, then we got your guy, your guy Lydell next. Um, this one I I had left for a second. I don't have anything written down, so I'm going to turn this this over to you for sure on this fight. All I had was like that in the third. It was just it was a it was a destruction. Um, just speed, power, movement, combination punching, like the dude that Lydell was fighting had no answer for anything. And again, in one of those fights where I'm like, man, is this fight gonna get stopped? This guy is just taking a beating, and. I believe he was actually behind us and his face was kind of wrecked and he was sitting behind us like after his fight I just felt bad for the dude. Oh, that's the dude to our right? 
watching the fight. Yeah, with the with with the like black and uh, gray, like black and silver or black and gray, like Adidas stuff on. I think. And he had a hood well, on. Hey, he can At least he came out and tried to watch the rest but of the fight. I've done the same. <laughs> but I mean, for for having like a two year layoff, I believe Lydell had like a two year layoff. For having a two year layoff, man, he looked really good, and he might be like, you know, he might be a, the probably the most underrated fighter on the card because he's been in there with uh, Edner Cherry. He's been in there with uh, Sergey Lipinets, and he went to the decision with both of them, and those are like his only two losses. And I mean, he looked good. I I actually am kind of excited to see him fight more, and I'm gonna follow him more now that I know who he is, and now that I've seen him fight. Yeah, when you mentioned that uh, Sergey Lipinets thing, that that drew my attention too, because it's you know especially after we we talked about him and Garcia with him taking the. Uh, you know, taking the L, but it looked like a good L, as yeah. much as that's good to say. So that's that's I always I always like to see these these stories of you know what's next for these guys. Um, then right before we we get all started, uh, Usmani Sila uh, should have stayed home. Joey Spencer, three knockdowns in the first round to get the W. Oh, God! It was that hook. Did Spencer land like five or six punches that entire fight, and like three knockdowns? It resulted in like three, yeah, like five or six punches, and it resulted in like three knockdowns. It was brutal. He he's, I mean, he was one and zero going into this fight. Um, I I had seen his camera crew walking around with him, and it looked like they were definitely documenting it. So I was really intrigued. I'm like, okay, this this dude's got to have some type of steam if they're doing they're going through all this. And then this is when I had walked up and. I met up with Jordan uh, for a minute, and I, oh, my God. <laughs> Man, was definitely brutal. stoppage of the night for sure. Yeah, I when when he got up after the first time, I didn't think they were going to let it go. Then they let no. it go after the second time he got up. You know, and, and then after that second time, he took a step forward and ate one punch and was back down, and the ref finally said, okay, all right, let's stop. <laughs> we, we've seen enough. Yeah. Uh, Joey Spencer, and that's a dude that's definitely going to be on my radar for sure. For sure. Now we get into the, the card. I believe this is where the live show started. And this might be... Oh, well, probably. I'll say number two. I'm not going to go that far, but uh, Chris Colbert, Golden Child, little B Hop, coming out of Brooklyn, there uh, gets his eighth win here, defeating Austin Dule. Dule took the first round for me. Colbert got comfortable, took over, cleaned out the next seven rounds on my six rounds on my scorecard. There's a stoppage from the corner in the eighth. I had it 69-63 Colbert. He might have been my MVP of this show because I had not seen anything about him. I had never heard of anything about him as well. And, boy, did he come out and just put on a performance. Yeah, I mean, just a boxing clinic. Once he got comfortable and settled in, the combination punches were flowing, man, like like the river, like the river sticks, like just five, six, four, like, and 
um, Dulé just had no answer. And he essentially just kind of started chasing him around the ring, getting peppered with punches. And, you know, Corbett's kind of got a cool look to him. You know, he had the green hair and the, like, yeah. interesting, like, the, the interesting trunks. And he had a little flair and a little style to him. Like, he's another guy that I'm definitely going to watch out for because he's an entertaining dude. He um, dropped him in the sixth round. Dulé came back and fought back, but the corner stopped going into the eighth. Uh, I guess there was a little animosity and some uh, some some banter between the two at the weigh-in, so it sounded like there was a lot of animosity going in from the weigh-in to this fight. Uh, Austin Dulé was 11-0 and with eight knockouts coming into this fight, too. So, to me, I think he was actually the favorite in this fight, too. Yeah. Um, you, you go you go down your 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 run sheet. He if he was on the left side, and that's usually the A side. So Colbert, man, he he didn't give a damn. He won a tremendous showing. I'm excited to see this guy another time. This he's going to be one of those guys on the PBC shows that I'm hoping kind of like Caleb Plant was, where we get him in the you know in the first fight for the next year or so of PBC shows. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, one thing I will take that we didn't kind of talk about from the fight, it seemed like Dulé was complaining a lot about getting hit behind the head, and I believe yeah. on the knock. I believe on the knockdown, it was like a behind the head punch, and but the ref missed it obviously. But it, like that, that's one thing I noticed from that fight was that there. I don't like. I didn't notice a ton of hits behind the head but it seemed like something that Dulé was kind of, like, holding on to, and the knockdown definitely was from, like, a rabbit punch behind the head. Yeah, so. I, I do remember that now that you mentioned that. That was a, That's a good point. Um, yeah, I mean, was, not, taking anything, not taking anything away from Corbett's performance, but just kind of wanted to throw that out there for yeah. fight information. And, and, I mean, it was. You know, I mean, it was, it was a dirty fight. I mean, I don't want to say a dirty fight, but it was like they were getting down and dirty. I mean, they were – Head first yeah. going in at each other. I mean, you know, the bell rang and they, they, they charged to the center to start throwing bombs. So, I mean, you could yeah. tell, like, I didn't know about the weigh-in until later that night about that incident. But once I once I heard about that, I, you know, I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense now why, you know, these guys are butting some heads, <laughs> which was which was interesting. So, I mean, I, I had Colbert up uh, 69-63 going into that eighth round. Corner stops it. Next fight, I mean, not really much to touch on. We already talked about it. Sebastian Fundora defeated Vashawn Owens, stopped it in the fifth round. Um, some main events, uh, Edner Cherry defeats Dennis Galarraza. What did you think of the Cherry-Galarraza fight? It was a nice, entertaining scrap. I mean, they both were landing some punches, some big punches here and there. But to me, I just think... Cherry like looked a little more in command and a little more in control, and he just looked to be the stronger fighter uh, all throughout the fight. But I mean, they they they, they did hit hit some hit hit each other with some big punches, but Cher, Cherry seemed to be in control of the fight and seemed to be a little more. You know, he's a he's a rugged veteran. He's a very good fighter, and he's been in there with a lot of world-class fighters. So, he just, to me, he just seemed like he was the better man that night. Yeah, I mean, and, and he had, you know, he'd been coming in 
after uh, after feeding, uh, you know, he he's beaten some fighters. You know, he's definitely beaten some fighters. He started out really slow too. I, I noticed yeah. that like, well, man, uh, you know, let's see what's going on. It it sounds like now he's going to get a title shot at 135. I'm not sure at what title they're going to give him a shot at. Um, trying to trying to look through that right now here. But it was it was you know he almost he almost won a title three fight won a title three fights ago when he fought Jose Pedraza he lost that split decision in October of fifteen then he you know he had a fight after that and he fought Lydell as you mentioned um, so he had a couple fights after that um, I mean I don't know I don't know it's just I I think I just expected more I was a little disappointed in the fight <clears throat> I'm not gonna lie about it. Um, you know he's he's twelve and one since he since Bradley beat him in the twelve twelve round fight in two thousand eight when he went for the same title once again. You know his one loss came when he got another title shot against Pedraza. So I don't know. I just I don't know if if he hasn't done it now. He's now thirty six years old. I mean, can he really do enough to win a title? I mean, I th- I think so. I mean, he's been on the cusp plenty of times, and he's been, you know, a part of some kind of bad decisions. Like the Pedraza fight, a lot of people thought that he, he won that fight, you know. And he was in a close fight with Pauly Mal- Malignaggi, you know. Mm-hmm. So he's like, he's like right there, but he just can't seem to – to break through and, and actually win the big one, but he's definitely still a contender, and he's still a guy that you can't take lightly, and that you have to bring your A game to fight. You know, I look at if it's another IBF title shot, he's got to fight Robert Easter for the title. I think that's a beatable fight. I think Robert Easter's the most beatable in the division. Raymundo Beltran has the one title, and obviously, the winner of Linares Garcia will have the other two, depending on what yep. Garcia does. So I, you know, I don't, I don't see Edna Cherry beating a Linares or Garcia. I don't know if he's going to beat a Ramundo Beltran. You mean, you mean, you mean, uh, you mean uh, what's his face, Branchuk and Garcia? Because Linares is fighting Lomachenko. Yeah, yeah. I looked at, I looked at the two names and uh, just, just rode with it. You're right. Um, you know, and, and so if that's the case, you know, he's not going to beat Lomachenko if Lomachenko takes that title from him. Yeah. No. Uh, so I think Robert Easter's is his ticket. He's fought for the IBF before. Maybe that's what it's for again. I believe Robert Easter is a PBC Al Heyman guy, so that makes a lot of sense to happen. But I just I don't see I don't see him beating anyone else in that division. And it's you know once again he's he's had a good run and he's got you know 36 37 wins or whatnot. But I just I don't know at this stage in his career if he can go in there and beat someone like a Beltron or Linares or Lomachenko, if he beats him or Garcia or anything like that. So, um, yeah, main event. I mean, oh, go ahead. Yeah. Drop, drop that last take on it. I was just say, I mean, you're, you're probably right, but again, he's just one of those guys that he's probably going to, until he retires, he's probably going to be like around and, and in the picture, but is he the epitome of kind of that journeyman type that always is kind of dangling around for a title but doesn't necessarily get it? You're always he I always would, gets a I shot here and there. I would say he's better than a journeyman. 
he's like probably just a step below like an elite fighter. He's an above average fighter. When I think of journeyman, I think of like somebody who has had like a you know, someone who just goes in there, has had a couple wins but usually just kinda gets beat up by who he faces and he's like enhancement talent. Whereas Cherry's Cherry's a Cherry's more than that. You know, he doesn't like get beat up by guys. He's usually in his fights and some of the fights that he has lost are like very questionable losses. So so yeah, I think he's I think he's not quite elite, but he's not journeyman. He's like an above average fighter in my eyes. I'm I, I had a good example, but he the guy has won a championship, so it, to me it doesn't it doesn't work. But <clears throat> I was thinking of a guy like David Lemieux, who gets in there with a the big fight but he doesn't win. But then he wins all these fights to get right back into the big picture, but then loses, but then wins to get all the way back up there and, you know, rinse and repeat, hence the 37-7 and record for Cherry. Like, he'll win, like, 10, 12 fights and then get beat. Or he'll win this and then get beaten. You know, he just always seems to climb to the top, but he can't get over the he, – he's got his hand on the top of the ladder, but he can't get to the top of it, I guess is what I'm, where I'm, trying, to, what I, what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I, I I I agree essentially, but like I said, I just don't think he's at the journeyman level. I think he's above yep. the journeyman level. So, um, main event, I'm right there with you. Fight of the night, uh, Jamal James defeats Abel Ramos, 96-94. I mean these these rounds were so hard to score. <laughs> I. I had the fight 6-4 Ramos, but there was two rounds that I was 50-50 on, and I feel the crowd may have swayed it, which if that's the case, you know, more power to you. Don't let it go to the judges. And that's the, that, that's the one beauty of home, home field. Um, I also think the second round, which the crowd was quiet on, was another, I mean, my only notes were Ramos stays aggressive, tough round to score, very close. I mean, this fight was so close, so good, and, you know, I'm glad Jamal James won. It was a big win for Minnesota. It was a big win and a big statement at 154. Yeah, I'm definitely glad he won, too. I was kind of too busy being a fan to, like, really, <laughs> like, good. score the fight. But to me, I, I thought James won the fight. Um, I thought he might have started getting tired, like towards the end there. But to me, I'm I value more of the the boxing um, counterpunching, you know, style. And I felt that James was landing the the cleaner counter punches, the better looking punches and the more, more combinations. Um, it seemed like Ramos was getting into the body, you know, but I felt, I just felt James is more effective that fight and like deserved a like close victory. It was definitely a close fight. And when they had it a draw, I was like, yeah, I could agree with that. But I wouldn't give it. I wouldn't give Ramos like more than one round. Like if Ramos were to win, 
Like it would be like a one round fight at the most to me. It, so. it was it was so good. It was such a tough fight. I I I, I love the fact that. James stood right in there with Ramos and hit those counter punches like you described because I think it changed the tone of the fight too. You know, Ramos started started quick, I think, but then as it went through, I mean, Jamal James just came out, got that W, and uh, it was so good. It was so good. Um, we got a call jumping in. Let's grab him. I think we're going through. Caller, what's going on, sir? Hello? How we doing, sir? It's Gizzy. Okay. Right hey! <laughs> What's going on, sir? I'm good. What about you? Oh, we are just excited to discuss the fantastic fights that we saw on Friday. It was tremendous. You know, I I gotta ask. I'm so I'm so glad we we see it pop up here. How was the atmosphere being in that building, walking down that? Dope. It was like a dope pro wrestling entrance ramp. I've never seen something like that. Yeah, it was exactly what I thought it was gonna be. So, it so was good. the energy was amazing. The uh, the vibe of it was good. It it was exactly what I what I imagined that it was gonna be. It was uh it was good. I I loved it. Yeah, it was great. I, I was I was hyped. I mean, seeing you come down the ring, I was like. I was over in media trying not to be, like, super, like, super crazy just because you got to try and, like, not be biased when you're in that area. But, man, I, like, on the inside, I was I was geeking out. I was like, yeah. I was like, I can't believe I'm at this live event with all these local boxers, and they're all, like, getting their chance to shine. It was just, it was tremendous. <laughs> you know, you know, I... I, ironically, right before all the fights started, I, you know, I was talking to Elijah, and I was like, all right, we just got to make sure we don't get too crazy, you know, because we still got to do our job here. And, you know, we there was some, some out-of-state guys next to us, and every time there was a hometown guy, we, we started clapping, and they kept looking at us, and we're like, you know what? Suck it, man. <laughs> no. Did you get to watch any of the fights uh, later on after we ran into yeah, I did. I watched um I watched the Jamal fight, of course. I watched the V Sham fight and I watched I watched all of the uh I got like glimpses of every fight because I was taking pictures with so many people, um, so many fans and, and things like that. So I got glimpses of the fight. I watched the whole Jamal James fight though. And then yeah, I watched uh, the V Sham fight and um I got glimpses of the Cobra fight and, and the other fights. But the two that I'm watching the most was the Vishan fight and Jamal James. I yeah. I can officially say in the in the the Vishan fight, I will be the first person to eat crow, thinking that uh, Fundora was not going to be any sort of a threat. I can't believe the combinations that guy threw. I'm like, what? This this guy blew my mind. And and Vishan had the heart of a of a champion. It was that might have been. Low key, even though it was only you know four rounds, five rounds, one of the most interesting fights because we got a story for both fighters out of it. It was so tremendous. Yeah, that was a really really good fight. I knew that that fight was going to be uh, very tough. I knew it was going to be a very tough fight. Me personally, you know, I don't. It's 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 real. It's a real tough discussion 
because uh, Vishan, me and Vishan go way back. That's like my brother. Um, so it was a, it was a heart crunching fight. Uh, very very heart crunching fight. I knew it was going to be a tough fight for him because the guy was so tall. I watched the guy many times, and he throws good combinations. He's really tall, but he, he makes that 154 weight, and then he shoots back up to like 175, 180. So that was a really, really tough fight for Vishan. It was a great learning experience. Um, and, you know, he just had to bounce back and figure out uh, how, to, how to come back even stronger. That's what, that's mostly what I would say about that fight. Well, props to him, too, for – sorry, go ahead. I was going to say – Props to him for, like, taking that fight, like, because, I mean, a, a size mismatch like that is is insane. And, like, I I didn't think that dude was going to be as good as he was just because of the whole, like, trying to make 154 at his size. So I, I figured, I didn't think he was going to be, I didn't think he was going to be as strong as he was. And, I mean, he took some some big bombs from Vishon that Vishon hit him with. And he didn't get tired, and he kind of, like, almost like imposed his will. It was crazy. I was surprised. I would have figured yeah. that Bishan would have been able to impose his will on him just because, you know, he seems to be a pretty good, like, inside fighter and, you know, good stamina, like, can throw bombs and stuff. So, yeah, it was it was a, it was a very interesting fight. Yeah, I don't think it was a mismatch. I think that the game plan was, was, was the game. I mean, the game plan is always the game plan, but I, I – I don't think that the game plan was was fully right for him. I think that he should have definitely backed up and and let the guy throw him really really long shots and like hit him in the elbow and things like that. And then came in, um, because the guy is not like super fast. He's not super fast. And when he does throw his jabs and his, he won. I was watching him and when he threw when he when he does throw long shots, his long shots seem to stay out there for like two, almost two seconds. So Vishan could have definitely easily got up under those long shots once he threw them. But I think it was probably mostly more about making the guy throw his hands out uh, instead of standing there on the inside with him because he has really, really good – he has really, really good movement and everything. And he and the guy can definitely – I mean, he's a, one of the top fighters. And he could definitely create that distance while still in the inside. So me personally, I don't think it was the right game plan. But Vishan is, man, guy, he's so tough. He's gonna bounce oh, back. Tough. Yeah. Oh. I'm and, and the one, the one thing I wanted to ask you real quick uh, before we, we got, we got, we got more calls. We got to grab, but I, I wanted to just definitely say hi to you on this. But one thing real quick here, while I got you, um, I equated the loss to the same way I equated Jamal James when he lost before the Diego Chavez fight, where he came back after the Ugas fight, took it used it as a learning experience, it seemed, and did something like Keith Thurman did, knocked out Diego Chavez. To me, with how, how much of a heart and determination uh, Vishon has, is this, is this the same boat where he can take this loss and ride it to a better career now because he's seen it early and now he doesn't have to run into it 30 fights in and can really use that as motivation? Well, we have to look at the two different perspectives. So Jamal James, he's a different type of fighter. And he fought. See, here's the difference. Jamal James fought, and then he took a short notice fight. So yeah. he he was just coming off a long fight, and he took a short notice fight and lost that. So that was like one of those losses where it's like, ah, oh, okay, we kind of get it. Like, 
it was a short notice fight. He learned from it. He probably won't take a short notice fight again. That was one of those losses because Jamal is on just on a whole different level of flying. Now the thing with Zeeshan is that this was a fight that many you had a long time to prepare for. So that's the difference. Like, there's no doubt in my mind if Jamal James prepares for a fight and a fighter at a long distance, he's going to beat him. That there's no doubt in my mind. And this is speaking from a fan perspective as well. Now we cannot say the same thing. And Z, don't get me wrong, Zeeshan is my boy. But we can't say the same thing about Bishan anymore. That's it, it's just not happening. I mean, Jamal James went what seventeen and zero before losing a fight or something like that. So that's one of those tricky situations, man. Where where it's like, what you gonna do now? Like you you have to use different attributes now. You have to learn how to box now. You gotta learn. You gotta learn how to do different things because the guy can be beat. Like the guy that he fought could definitely be beat. Just how you beat. I'm definitely excited to to see what's next because that's 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 a story I think that is well worth telling and you know I think I think he you know I guess I guess telling you know saying earlier I I had never seen him and even in this in the way the fight went you know he he made a fan out of me 100 percent because I could tell that dude's got heart and that's that's good enough for me you know to, to see a fight yeah. Um, I mean, what y'all yeah. think about my fight? Speaking of it, <laughs> oh, 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 oh my god! Everybody else fight. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, let's bring it down here. Wait, let me let me pull up my notes. You know, this is the hard thing too. Is I was too nervous to bring a laptop because of the weather, so I'm trying to write all these notes up on my phone. And half the time, like, I'll put like huge right cross, and it'll come up on my notes as like innkeeper. And I'm like, how did this thing change right hook to innkeeper? So. Took took a little bit, but we we made it work on it. But you know, I'll, I'll tell you flat out, I had you, I had you four nothing forty thirty six. I thought the ropes held them up a lot uh, on those those shots. I thought you came in with full steam, uh, a lot of energy. He got a nice counter in that first round that looked like it did something for about half a second, and then you went right back at him. And I think that minute he knew he had no opportunity. Um, I, I'll ask you flat out on this one because this is something that intrigued me. There was a, there was a moment in the second round where it looked like your knee hit the canvas. What happened with that? My knee hit the canvas. It it looked from our angle like when you like you turned and we thought your knee hit the canvas, but nobody there was nothing that came from it. Um, he didn't hit. I don't know. Nothing. Yeah, it was. That's what I was wondering. It, like it was a slip or something or what it was. But then you came back up and hit him with about six seven punches. And then once again, the ropes held him up, and he. Kept... Oh no no! It was a it was a. I don't know what you're talking about. It wasn't a. Uh, he didn't hit me or nothing. It was like, it's like uh, okay, so it's like this. Like you see a punch, right? Mm-hmm. But you like fully. So like I could see a punch, but I would like fully turn my whole body. So it look like sometimes it might look like the guy hit me, but he doesn't. It's just like it's like turning, and you like watch. You ever watch The Matrix? Yeah. <laughs> and then like the guy like punches and he like turns all the way he can see his punches like go that way that's yeah. exact, like that's that's exactly what I do so like a guy can like punch and I'll like turn and like when I turn I can get really really low too so like sometimes my knee like might look like it touched the canvas a little bit it's just it's just changing the level like it's just changing a few levels down and I can get really really low and then like come back with like five or six punches so that's kind of like what I do. 
and and that's what got it was like from the low to high it was almost like I was like like Ken throwing a dragon punch in Street Fighter. Like I'm like comes down, gets up, and just put a barrage on, and and you know it led to it led to full charge. He hit the corner, bounce. You know, I, I was waiting for dude to fall through those middle ropes. I'm not gonna lie, because. He 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 was just. It, I mean, it looked like you were bullying him out there, man. And you know, I, I got written down third round a lot of holding because he knew he didn't have much. Fourth round, kind of the same. I mean, I had it straight four rounds, nothing, no problem. Yeah, I was surprised yeah. that the ref didn't call for holding. Yeah, no, yeah. I was surprised too because like every right every right hand that you landed, he like immediately grabbed you. I was like, dude, I'm like, stop holding. Immediately, I was so, so surprised that the ref did not call for holding. I swear he held me about a hundred times. Yeah, you were starting to look like you were getting a little frustrated with him holding you because I mean, like he literally, like you'd hit, you'd hit him with the right hand, and he'd be like, oh, "I'm gonna hug you, bro. I'm gonna hug you, man." Like, and I honestly, like, wow. I was, I wasn't getting frustrated with him. I was getting frustrated with the referee mm-hmm. a little bit, that but makes- I still had to hold my composure. But I was getting frustrated with the referee because it was like, okay. Well, you're not calling, and I understand it's the PBC rules, but there's still a, you still can get a point deduction for holding. So it's yeah. like, and then plus we practice like in in training, my training camp. He's a southpaw. I practice those right hands like continuously, continuously. So you know, it, it's okay though. Here, here's a question for you on this fight too. Something something that I noticed about uh about your opponent, and I was wondering if this is something that essentially helps you but you know he would make one good move each round maybe one two tops and he would do it and you'd go oh okay he's woken back up that was a good combo or a good punch but then it's like the light bulb would turn off and he'd forget what's going on and then you know it looked like you saw red and you'd pounce on him is that something you notice where it just seems like he he's got he's he does something but then he doesn't know where to go and he just looks like a deer stuck in the headlights, and it just gives you a reason to pounce? Uh, sometimes. See, the thing about this guy is, like, that's that's true. With him, I knew for a fact, like, my team, we knew that we had to fight a high-paced fight because he, he can box. Like, if you let him, he will box, and he will upset you. So we knew that we had to fight a high-paced fight and be very aggressive okay. with him. Um, and, and not only that, like, I knew that the right hands would stabilize him. And when I would hit him with the right hands, he would. See, this is the thing. Like, he's a veteran. Like, he got, like, 30-something fights. He might not won most of them, but he's still a veteran. He still knows. He knows how to survive. And with guys like that that know how to survive, they know what to do to survive. They become, like, masters at surviving. So he honestly taught me a lot um, being in the ring with him of guys of what to look out for, of how guys will grab you or, like, how, what movements they would make in order to survive. Like, it's just, it's just like these really certain small aspects that he taught me is that I can look out for the next time. So, like, for instance, if I hit the guy and he try, tried to hold me, I know exactly when he would hold me. I know exactly what he would do. So, like, it was really, really good being in there with him, and that's what he would do. He's like a master at surviving. Yeah, to me it looked like – one guy was playing chess and one guy was playing checkers, like classic like boxing analogy. So, it obviously yeah. you were obviously you were the one playing chess that night. So, yeah, I mean, other than that, though, I have a lot of things to work on that I need to uh, 
tighten up a lot. When I, when do you think you're going to try to get out there and fight again? We're going to be fighting again in June. Ooh. Nice. Is is it going to be local? Uh, I'm not sure yet. I mean, we have talks of we have talks of fighting in London. We have talks of fighting Ooh. in Vegas. Um, we have we have some pretty good we have some pretty we actually we have talks fighting here at the casino. Uh, it's not Grand Hinkley, but I think it's a, it's, it's it's one of these casinos that's here. So we got like we got we got talks of fighting again in June, which I'm pretty sure I'll be fighting again in June and July. Nice. Yeah. July too. Yes. And July I, is supposed to be back here, but I'm not gonna say where. <laughs> <laughs> We're excited. I I. You know, I was it was so nice going to a fight locally, not having to go travel all over and you know go through all these these hoops for not even a lot of fights. I mean, when I, I will 100% put that card that I watched on Friday night up against the the Andre Koval, Andre Ward Sergey Kovalev one fight in Vegas I saw. This was more entertaining, less. I mean, the, the word Kovalev. There's so much bull crap with. You know, this is happening, and, you know, it's an hour before the next fight starts, and you're just – I had to go buy an energy drink from the concession stand because I was falling asleep. I'm like, this is boring. You know, you know that's really fight... interesting that you say that because a guy from ESPN said the same thing, that, it felt, that he was there. It felt, really? like they were, it felt like a fight in Vegas. Yeah, it's online. It was – I just read it. It was like every, every time somebody left the ring, there was another fighter coming down. Like, it was – it just – it was action, 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 action. And it was so entertaining. And once again, you know, putting over the armory, the venue was so good. The venue was so perfect. Um, I I can't wait for it to happen again. I cannot. Oh, it's it's going to happen 100%. again. <laughs> um, we're, real quick here before we go on to break here, plug everything you got again, man. We always we always like to let everyone plug their plug everything they got. Uh, once again, for our listeners. All right, so my Instagram is Gizwa Pierre Junior G I E Z W A P I E R R E Junior. That's my Instagram name. My Twitter name is same. My Twitter name is the same, Gizwa Pierre, and my Facebook is Poppy G P A P I G. And all of all of the photos and everything's from the fight uh, with all my supporters and everything are always on my page as well. That's awesome. That's awesome. Hey man. Thanks again for calling in. Thanks for, thanks for uh, you know just just talking to us after. It was it was nice to actually meet you face to face and you know put put a face to everything. It was it was a great fight. It was a tremendous showing. I cannot wait to see you get in that ring, man. Yeah, I appreciate y'all for having me. Y'all have a good night. Yes. Yeah. You too, Gizzy. You too. Good, to, good to talk to you again. All right. Gizzy Pierre, ladies and gentlemen, coming in, dominating his fight. Maybe we get it in June. Maybe we get another one in June. I can't wait. I'm, I'm hooked, Elijah. Man, I, if Minnesota's gonna get boxing again, and we're gonna we're gonna have this going every every month or two, I'm I'm stoked. I can't wait, man. It's, it's gonna be so fun. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be a great time, man. Be able um, to cover all I, this stuff. Oh, uh, I just I you know, I I I became envious at, at the end there that I, I was like, man, I want to be a fan. Next time Elijah's writing, <laughs> mark out. We, we 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 can be fans, but just a little just a little low key. 
<laughs> you know, and, and it was, you know, the hard part too was, you know, every everywhere we, you know, we we looked one way and we we were running to somebody we're talking to. We go another way, we're running to somebody we're talking to, and it just, you know, so it was, you know, you can't be rude. No. You know, so it was what it was, and I had a great time, and you know, I I think I think uh, you know your guy Rob for for the opportunity, and you know, yes, I can't Rob, wait to do Rob it again. Yes. Going to knock some more uh, some more press conference questions out for him. <laughs> I just I um if if Gizzy if Gizzy's fighting in Vegas in June, man or July, man we might have to take a we have to take a strong style trip, and get, some, <laughs> get, some, get some media passes, and, and go there. Yeah, it's I'm excited. I'm you know I came away with you know five, six new fighters that I'm really interested in, maybe even more than that, to be very honest with you. So it was, it was tremendous, but we got a break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about the stuff coming on this weekend. We're already into hour number two. Um, this show's flying by, so we got to pay some bills. We'll be right back. We're talking Broner and Jesse Vargas main event showtime next week. Some good cards coming up in the next week or two. We'll talk and give you some picks, thoughts, the whole nine yards, standing account, strong style media. Your late night hip hop and R&B podcast, Soda Sound Radio, hosted by Kyle Half Find Adams, every Thursday night right here on the Strong Style Media Network. Catch up on your latest on hip hop and R&B, and hear Minnesota talent at 10 p.m. Central. But if you trust the way I feel, I won't fold from the cards that you deal. Let's journey life together and make it worthwhile. Can't take it back like time. See, my life is like a movie, no rewinding. Killing mics like I got a license. Listen, my belief don't have religion. Just a higher power. Who power? I'm not so happy with it. But I take a breath. Regain my pet. Check my feet when I'm walking. See if it I seen it all more than I care to reveal. I'm always sure to clear the air for the real. That's why I'm aiming at the grill, man. Because it's how I feel. Nobody being sincere. We need some changes for real. Again, that's Thursdays right here on the Strong Style Media Network. Thursdays at 10 p.m. Central. And if you're a musician, you want to get your music heard on the show, send the MP3 over to Soda Sound at strongstylemedia.com. Enut. Enut. This right here is Alpha Brain. I just drank some of this in a shake. I got to tell you right now, I couldn't be more clear. You're Clarity. 50, so I use it. I don't do anything without it. I'm addicted I, to I it. I know, but I'm 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 48, but I feel like I'm 26. I have a boner right now. But I have so much energy. Like I actually, I, I'm I'm. And I took an Alpha Brain. I never do. I I want to fight you. I want to fight you. I want to go, chin down, and I want to bang, bang. Oh. Hey, I'm Dr. Asking. What's up? He's been distraught ever since his friend smoked him last week in fantasy football. Now he's grabbed this post and he won't respond. He's got Luzonic plays. What is He's a loser. He's not a loser. Okay, he's a loser. What can he do? With DraftKings, he could have easily challenged his friend to a rematch. Okay, I can't. What are you? I can't see that. If you need glasses, I'm also an optometrist. At DraftKings, you can play free private contests whenever you want. 
Strong Style Media presents Sportscast Radio, the one that started it all, with your host, Ryan Cook, and me, Jordan Jiskra. We're going to be giving you everything, and I mean everything from baseball, football, basketball, hockey, field hockey, soccer, bobsled, boxing, pokers, pokers, Master Chef, Survivor, and even that weird sport where they do the hurdles and jump puddles and track and field. All right, maybe not that one, but from the college to the pros and from the rings to the rink, we've got you covered. Sportscast Radio. Hey, now I can say my name, but say my name, but your bitch already knows it. Got no problems spending paper. Hey, man, this music is this music is making me mad. Yeah, I, uh, I once again apologies. That's that's uh, hey, our commercials came in through came through finally. Uh, we'll say we might as well save them for next week. No point in playing one of them now. Man. Um, we'll, we'll music to, this music has got to go next week. <laughs> yeah, I, I once again I didn't pick it. The, uh, the, the uh, soundboard was like, no, we don't like. We'll, we'll play this. We'll play one of the commercials. You, you, uh, we'll play. We'll play the third break for you. Then you can just give me a new one, and we'll save the other two for next week. So we'll get something that sounds a lot better. I don't know what was that one song was just going on. It sounded me, and my neighbors, or something like that. I don't know. Anyway. Man. I'm gonna sound like some port. little yachty, some little yachty something, little Uzi Vert, <laughs> Takesha six like... nine, Takesha six nine. Is that the is that the Roy Jones Jr. edition? Takesha, Takesha six nine. No, there's there's this whack ass rapper named Takeshi like six nine or something, and I call him Takesha six nine just because. This weekend we got some some fights. I think there's three cards uh, this Saturday. I'm really excited for. Obviously, the first one that we have advertised here will break down. Uh, Showtime is going to be out in New York, I believe. At I'm, I'm assuming at Barclays, like usual. Uh, three big fights. There's a fourth that doesn't have an opponent that I'm wondering if we'll sneak onto the show. If not, maybe the YouTube page. Uh, Rushy Warren. Is scheduled for a ten round fight, but he is fighting the dreaded to be announced. We know that he has a mean left hook. Uh, sometimes you just can't train well for to be announced. So we'll see what happens. Um, who, who do you think is a tougher opponent, uh, to be announced or vacant? Um, I would probably say vacant because at least vacant like is a name. It has a name, you know, means something. <laughs> vacant at least was a former champion, right? Yeah, like to be announced is like you fight like ghosts. <laughs> but uh, we got a triple header, uh, two title fights, and one I'm assuming is going to be more so an eliminator bout. But uh, the third to top, we get Gervonta Davis taking on Jesus Quailar for the WBA regular junior lightweight championship. The big talk, obviously, is if Gervonta Davis can defeat Jesus Quailar. Floyd's saying he's gonna he's gonna give tank to Lomachenko. First off, with the performance that kind of lack of performance that it seemed like last time with Gervonta Davis, is he gonna be able to get through Jesus Quailer easily? Even I think so because I think he'll be. I think the last fight was probably like an eye opener for her for him. You know, because he started, I, f- I feel like he started kind of buying into his own hype, you know, and he probably was like, man, I don't, 
I don't, I don't gotta do I don't gotta do much to get past this guy. I mean, obviously he didn't even he didn't even make weight for that fight, did he? No, he uh, he he missed it. Yeah, so I mean, I think that fight was more of him just buying into his own hype, not training hard, and you know it could be it could be signs of things to come for him, or he could you know be like, okay, I can't do this anymore. So I'm gonna go with the latter, and I'm gonna think that he just had a moment where he was just buying into the hype and. You know, he was just kind of like resting on his laurels. In this fight, he's probably going to come in in much better shape and uh, be ready to box. Because, I mean, even in the last fight, though, he didn't look that great, but, I mean, he was still kind of kicking the dude's butt. It just, he yeah. didn't look as good as he has in the past. And obviously that's because he didn't put as much effort as he normally does into preparing himself. So I think it was just a bump in the road for him. And he'll be back, and he'll pro- he'll get through. Uh, he'll get through. Uh, blah, blah, blah. I'm thinking of the C, the C name. Yeah, Quaylar. I was hey. like, is it Quaylar or Centero? Like, I'm getting Quaylar and Centero <laughs> mixed up. So, <laughs> um, you know, also the one thing that's interesting for me too is this is also Jesus Quaylar's first fight since December of 2016. He is moving up in weight, which intrigues me as well about how this fight's going to go. If you look at Jesus Quaylar's rundown, he defeated Claudio Moreno in 2013 to win the, the vacant WBA featherweight. Uh, with that, he beat Rico Ramos. He beat Juan Manuel Lopez with a second-round KO. Uh, he knocked out Victor Chinian in the eighth. He beat Jonathan Okendo in a unanimous decision. Uh, and then he lost the title in a split decision to Abner Mares, who obviously Abner Mares is no bitch. Uh, Mares was dominating, you know, until, until Santa Cruz. But this is his first fight since losing the the split decision to Abner Mares. So he's coming off a a arguable loss that you could argue both sides. He's moving up in weight from 126 to uh, moving up from 126 to 130. So he's going up four pounds. He he has a fight that you could almost say he he arguably won. I think he's got a lot more momentum that people are giving him credit for. But this 16th or so, 16 or so month layoff, I think is the one thing that scares me a little bit for Jesus Coilar's chance to win this fight. Yeah. That's a good but point. I, I, Very good point. I do think, I mean, he's, you know, he, he had a good resume going up. He's 28 and two, but I mean, I think, I think you're right about the Javonna Davis thing. He's getting, he's getting a fight now with a name after an eye opener to try to take a title. So, I mean, I just, this is a true testament to see if Javada Davis is the real deal. I think if he gets by Quaylar, then okay, I, I'll, I'll consider him a player, but after missing weight, struggling in his last fight and then losing to Jesus Quaylar, I think you got to start to reassess what Javada Davis is. Yeah. So what, you, but, what is your you prediction know, for this? Oh, sorry, go ahead. Wasn't that... Oh, no, I was just going to say, but it's not for nothing. I mean, it's it's got a good backstory, and I think that's what's intriguing about it and really makes this something that's worth watching as a third, uh, you know, an opening fight out of the three fights. Um, I think if I'm Javonna Davis, I need this victory because I want to fight a guy like Lomachenko. I don't know if he should fight Lomachenko, but – 
you know, if you're Javonna Davis, I think that's got to be logically the next step. You know, you're 19 and all. I don't know. It's I'm I'm just I'm torn. I mean, you know, he did knock out Jose Pedraza in the seventh. He knocked out Liam Walsh in the third. But then he had that trouble with Francisco Fonseca. Did finish him in the eighth. Wow. I think this is going to be a closer fight than I than I ever I ever anticipated it to be. Quaylor maybe has the better pedigree and the better resume, but I think Davis. I think Davis gets the win. I I don't think he's going to knock him out. I think it's going to be a decision. And I'm going to go. I'm going to go one fifteen one thirteen. Javonna Davis seven rounds to five. That's going to be my prediction. All right. I my prediction. My prediction is we are going to see the old tank just running through people like he was before his last fight. And you might think this is bold or crazy, but I'm going TKO in the fifth, sixth round. That's not that crazy. I mean, even with even with the struggle he had last time, he still finished him in the eighth, you know, so it's not like he yeah. went to it. Um, I just – I think I think Quaylor deserves a little more praise than what he's getting. But then again, I also thought Erickson Lubin was going to make a real trouble or make real trouble in that last fight, and he got knocked down in the first round. <laughs> you know, I mean, obviously something like that was just crazy that happened. But uh, I don't know. I, I just I feel like Quaylor Quaylor will put up a fight. But yeah, I I, I think regardless, I'm with you. I think Javonna Davis gets the victory. Uh, what do you think here next? Vacant interim WBC middleweight title. Finally getting the rest of those those middleweights. Kind of kind of scrapped up to get the the interns set up here. Jamal Charlo, Hugo Santero. Who do you got? Um, definitely Charlo. I haven't seen I haven't seen too much of Santero fight. I, he is undefeated, isn't he? From what uh, I Hugo remember. Santero? Uh, yeah, yeah. I'll pull I'll pull up his uh, his record and everything here for you. Uh, he is uh, he's twenty six and one. Okay. Uh, he lost to. Oh, he lost to uh, Masai Suliaki, who's fighting Danny Jacobs in the next couple of weeks. Okay. So I mean, not a bad loss whatsoever. No, um, I don't know too much about Santaro, so I am going to just say that Charlo is an elite fighter. And he's going to go out and get the job done and probably win by unanimous, unanimous decision. Yeah, I, I, um, I mean, Centero beat Angel, uh, Angel Osuna, decent win. Uh, you know, he's got a couple wins coming into it. He, he, he fought Julian J. Rock Williams and only got a, and he, it was a no contest. That was about the biggest fight he had going before it. I mean, Charlo's just so tough. I, yeah, Charlo's gonna. I think Charlo's stopping him. You know, isn't he's, this a mandatory? Isn't this a mandatory too? Well, this is for Who an interim Charlo? title. Okay, this I thought this was. Okay. Um, part of it, it. So WBC President Marcio, uh, Mauricio Suleiman explained the reason for this. Oh. Being, oh. Da 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 da. Or never mind. What? Sorry. I was just looking up something and something came up, but this is old news. So, scratch it. Oh, I, was, I thought I was me. breaking something. I thought I was breaking <laughs> something, but but it's old news. 
So keep going. My bad. Sorry. But yeah, this is for the interim title um, due to the, the Golovkin Canelo fight. Um, kind of like uh, WBA interim champion Riona uh, Murata, who we saw uh, on ESPN. So just, just fighting for one of the interim titles, depending what happens. with. And I think a lot of the interim stake with, with this belt has to come into play to me for the fact of you never know what Canelo's going to do. And if at any point, you know, if Canelo would have won, say Canelo would have would have beat Golovkin and won the titles, you know, who's to say Canelo doesn't vacate him right away and move back down or something? So I think that's part of the the need for interim champions even more at 160 because, you know, if if, if Canelo did win, I think that was the reason they did it. But no, I think uh, I think Charlo wins. I think him moving up uh, to 160 was the best thing he could have done. It separates him from his brother, too, so now they can yeah. try to dominate two divisions. They don't have to worry about the Klitschko problem where they would have to fight one another, and none of them could take you know every title in that division. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think mean, he comes out on top. I was going to say one thing about Canelo, though. You said, like, we, like you don't know what he's going to do. I know what he's going to do. <laughs> He's going to be bolder. <laughs> that was a lot cleaner than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> I was like, uh-oh, he's going to drop something about him. We need to find a sounder of him saying be bolder and use it. Because th- like, that line is just is classic to me. Like, I love it. I just, I, <laughs> like, I just love I just, be bolder. I, just, I don't know, man. There's just something about it. And it's... Not like I like I'm not a huge Canelo fan, but like the be bolder, uh, like gimmick and like thing with him is just it cracks me up. It's it's actually pretty good. <laughs> um, <Yeah>. Canelo <laughs> is is this um is this probably the biggest no brainer on the weekend? I would think so. Yeah. For sure. Uh, it, now, this fight was supposed to be um, on the uh, Wilder Ortiz undercard, but Centeno, why am I butchering? Whatever. Uh, hurt his ribs in trading. I can't, words are hard tonight. I'm sorry. Uh, so, obviously, they had to postpone the fight. It comes out till now. Main event. That was going to be we, my breaking news. That was going to be my breaking news because I pulled something up and I was about to breaking news. Yeah, and then I'm like, oh, crap. I looked at the date, and I'm like, oh, never mind. <laughs> I was like, oh, man, what did I miss? Um, and then, obviously, Adrian Bronner, Jesse Vargas. Look, you know how I feel about Bronner. I think he's I think he's one of the – he's up there with Chavez Jr. as one of the most underachieving fighters for the ability that I know he has. I think he has problems with Jesse Vargas. I don't know who I think is going to win yet. I got to really, really ponder here in the next couple minutes. But I think this is going to be a tough fight for for Bronner. What do you What do you feel coming into this fight? Man, you know, I'm actually I'm on the other side. I think Bronner's going to win convincingly. Like Vargas is Vargas is pretty good technically. He doesn't like do anything great, but to really kind of like bother Broner, it seems you have to have like, you have to be a power puncher to, b- to okay. bother Broner. And 
or you have to like really like crowd him and like make him fight. And it just seems to me like Vargas is more technical, technically skilled, and doesn't have a lot of power. So I think if they are just like straight up boxing, I think Broner could like pick him apart and hit him with a lot of shots because Broner is a very talented puncher. And if he's able to get his shots off and he's not being smothered and he's not like, you're not making him like move his feet and stuff, he'll pick you Mm -hmm. apart. So I'm going Broner, Broner UD. So I guess with that convincing of a thought, what, what do you think Vargas needs to do or what chance do you give Vargas to, to win this fight then? I would say maybe less than 50-50. I just, I don't see Vargas as like a great pressure fighter. And those are the type of guys that seem to give Bronner problems. Guys like Maidana, guys like Sean Porter. Um, Mikey Garcia isn't a crazy pressure fighter, but he's got a lot. He can punch. And he's so skilled. Yeah, he's so skilled and he can punch. And, you know, it's just. I just I don't know if Vargas style wise I don't know if Vargas is like I don't know I think Broner's a bad matchup for Vargas or I think style wise Vargas is an easier matchup for Broner honestly. And and I definitely won't I'm not going to disagree with it. And look, you know, you know, everyone wants to know um, that I <laughs> do a little. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I had to go into that. Every, every time I hear something like that, I got to go to that wrestling promo. Um, I, I just, I, I think my problem is, I, I want, I wish Bronner would have been better. There was, I don't remember. I always say this, and I don't remember if it if it was Stevenson or Broner that fought him. But was it Broner that fought Ashley Theopane, and he was wearing them bright ass yellow and red trunks? Bronner. I think it was Bronner that fought Theopane. Yeah. So after the fight, he actually. Cuts a promo or whatever you want to call it, and you know he says, "I'm actually, you know, I've learned from my mistakes after the Porter and everything. I'm about boxing, not about billions anymore, and I need to get, I need to become about boxing, and and reach my true potential." And he and he said all this, and I'm going, "Thank God, I've been saying this the whole time. You're too busy trying to be Floyd Mayweather Jr. that you can't be Adrian Broner." You know, what's the point of you trying to be something you're never going to be? And I felt like he finally figured out his identity. And, you know, in the middle of him doing that, you know, he, he, gets, he gets a nice victory with a knockout after that, and he goes right back to his old ways, and then he goes in there and gets his ass kicked by Mikey Garcia. And it's just like, you could see how good of a fighter he is, but he just doesn't seem to, I don't know, it just, I don't know. Like, am I crazy? Is like, no, I mean, his biggest problem seems to be, like, his inactivity when he's fighting. Like, he just, there are stretches where he just doesn't do a lot. You know, he kind of, like, he's not the he's not as good defensively as he thinks he is. So he kind of, like, tries to slip all these punches and stuff while this guy's, like, throwing, like, tons of punches at him. And he's getting hit with them a little bit. But... You know, and he's slipping some of them, but he's still getting hit a little bit, and he's not throwing back. He just he needs to, like, put the pedal to the metal a little more and let his hands go a little more. And if he did that, man, he would, he would, he would be pretty dangerous. But 
I just I don't know I mean, with him. I think he admires his like work a little too much too. Is is it a blessing or a hindrance? Is it a blessing or a hindrance for him having that relationship he did with Floyd? I don't think that really comes into play, honestly. I just I I don't think him like being friends with Floyd made him think that he could be the next Floyd Mayweather. He could easily have just just watched a lot of Floyd May- Mayweather boxing, you know, boxing and fighting and stuff and been like, I really like that guy's style. I'm going to try and emulate him. So, I don't know, man. I, and, and I can't really say. say you listen to his promos and he's always like, big brother, little brother, taking over the world because I'm going to do it the way he does it. And, like, he, 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 he I don't know. He just wants to like like he saw what Floyd did to kind of like prom- like kind of promote himself and make money, and he probably thought like that's the way to go, you know. It was it was weird because he changed kind of. He wasn't he wasn't really like super cocky like that like early on in his career. And then I just remember like the whole like starting to comb his hair thing, and then like when he proposed to that to that to his girlfriend for as a joke. Then he started kind of changing, but I mean, I don't know. It is what it is with him. Yeah, and and like I admit, you know, like I said, a hundred percent. I think he has talent. I think he's a great fighter. I just, you know, he's 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 one of those guys that I feel like I feel like he could be so much more, and I just don't see. It's just it, I, if I I guess I guess what I'm trying to say is if I'm Adrian Broner, I'd be frustrated that I'm not a a world champion somewhere. Oh, he I de- I bet you I bet you he is. I mean, honestly, like I think he is. He just who knows if he has the heart to like get himself out of that rut. I mean, he kind of there's video of him like just punching some dude in Vegas, like knocking him out like on the Vegas strip. No one knows why. He just kind of did it. So I mean, I think he's I think he's frustrated that his career hasn't went as well as he thought it was, or, you know, it's kind of, he's had some struggles lately, but a lot of it probably is his own doing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. Like, like I said, I'm not, you know, I'm a hundred percent not trying to, to rag on him. Like, I, no, I, I do it. You know, I do a lot of it as a joke. Cause a lot of it, I'm just like, ha, you know, come on, dude, you, you should be doing this. But, I, I like I enjoy watching him and I want to see him succeed with it and I I just I don't know I feel Vargas is going to do a lot more than people think and this is going to be a lot tougher of a fight but I will go Bronner decision uh, same as you then to be fair with with his talent split unanimous that's I'm gonna go like one sixteen one twelve like eight rounds to four okay. And I, I um, think I think Broner's one of like one of the most talented fighters out there too. I just there's just something missing there. You know, and maybe maybe that's that's an example, a better example, um, for an Edner Cherry. You know, it's it's a guy who's who's so talented he just doesn't seem to it just doesn't seem to click. I don't I don't Edner Cherry's not like a He's not as a talented fighter as as uh, as um, Broner is though. 
I think he's more of a. I don't know, he's just more of a tough like he's just more of a tough like vet. I don't know, it's just, it's weird. I just with the talent gap between the two, I don't know if it's a great comparison, just because. Yeah, I should Broner see. I don't could, mean Broner could be Broner could be so much better, but mm-hmm. I think Cher, I think Cherry might have like maxed out his ability because of like how hard he works and how much heart he has. You know what I mean? So I guess let let me say it like uh, it probably still doesn't make sense. I was gonna say not not boxing ability, but like the journey that their career has taken with always f- f- like fluttering with being the best and then taking the loss and going back down. You know, Browner gets right up there and then gets a loss, and gets right back up there and gets another loss, and can't seem to figure out why he doesn't stay up there. Yeah, who knows? I don't know. If, but, um, if if I if 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 I if I if I can think of a better comparison, I'll let you know. But since I can't, off the top of my head right now, we'll agree. <laughs> and then, like, and I don't mean to beat the dead, beat a dead horse in the mouth with the whole you know Edner Cherry band comparison. It just I in my head there's I see exactly somebody that I'm trying to compare it to, and every time I try to do that, I can never like I can't. I can't put my finger on what I'm trying to say. And so like every I'm trying to like grasp to everything I can see and and hope for. <laughs> That's kinda, to me to me uh, comparable fighters to me comparable fighters would be like a guy like Edner Cherry, um, and like Raymundo Beltran before Beltran won his like title fight oh, before like I th- I think I think um Cherry and Beltran would be like a better comparison just because, you know, they both, you know, they can fight, but they're, like, not as talented as the guys Adrian Broner, but they've maximized their ability, if I guess that makes sense. That's Whereas nice. Broner hasn't really maximized his ability. Like, I would compare Broner to a, a guy who has elite talent, but just, like, hasn't, like, harnessed all of his talent and. I could probably think of a guy, but I just don't know if I can think of a guy right now because I'm kind of tired and it's kind of short notice for kind of putting me on the spot. So, <laughs> well, before we move on to the next next couple of fights, if you had to give any, if you had to give Adrian Broner two words for advice on how to be a better fighter or how to make his career go to where it should go, what are those two words you would say to him? Activity and. Uh, that's really in better footwork, honestly. Activity and better footwork. That's that's what I w- that's what I would say for Broner. He I, stands um, in the middle of the ring. He stands in the middle of the ring too too much, like kind of just moving, like moving, you know, trying to slip punches and stuff. He's not he's uh, not Mayweather. And his defense <laughs> isn't as good as his defenses will never be as good as Mayweather's. Uh, my two words would be this. Be uh, bold. That's my two words. Yes. You got it. Yes. <laughs> it, was, it wasn't uploading. Here's the one advantage with having uh, two computers going at one time is I can do make clips now as we're going. And here we'll make that. People in this. Hello. Be bold. ESPN Plus. Um, 
main fight that I think people are going to be wanting to pay attention to. Uh, mere context on Phil O'Greco in Liverpool. Does this fight do anything for you? You excited at all for Khan and O'Greco? Yeah, I'm excited to see Khan fight again because I like Khan. I think he's an entertaining, entertaining fighter. I mean, the dude has like some of the fastest hands in the world and has a crazy good jab. And, you know, he's in a lot of fights until, like, he gets caught. You know, he's got to stop taking so many risks. He seems to be a guy that gets a little too overconfident in his, like, punching ability. And he'll start yeah. to, like, instead of, instead of boxing, he'll, he'll start to go try and go toe-to-toe with guys, and then he gets caught. Like, Canelo, I mean, honestly, he was outboxing Canelo – for most of that fight until he got caught. I mean, it was probably it was eventually going to happen just because I think Canelo was going to wear him down because of the size difference and stuff. But I mean, Khan was Khan was was fighting really well. Um, yeah, Danny Garcia. Danny Garcia was another guy before Danny Garcia caught him with that crazy right hook. Khan was beating the brakes off him. He was making Garcia look terrible. So. I mean, Khan's got a lot of ability, so I, I enjoy watching Khan fight. I feel like the one thing too with Amir Khan that hurts him is is kind of what you, where you're going with it is. It, I feel like he 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 knows how well he can box, and he starts getting that upper hand and starts really making it work, and then he starts getting over anxious. You know, I'm gonna beat Danny Garcia. And really starts going in and, and really continues to go after it instead of boxing and keeping the game plan going. You know, heavy underdog with Canelo, and he's, you know, he's he's doing damage to Canelo. It was like watching Kel Brook with, with Triple G. But then, you know, he, he gets out of his game plan, and then we see, you know, and, 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 you know, I, you may disagree with it, but, you know, this, this, this is where, you know, like it showed how good of a fighter Canelo is. And, Khan fed right into it, and he was doing so good, but then he just starts running in there with things, and he and he eats these counters, and he just he sleeps, and it sucks because you 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 can see how good this dude is throughout the fights, and then it just I don't know, I, like I said, I don't know if he just gets over anxious and knows he's winning and really wants to try to go in and, and solidify the victory instead of taking his time or what, but I. I just I don't know where he goes at 147 here because you know what if, if and when I have to say if because nothing's for sure but when Crawford takes out Jeff Horn I don't know if Khan can beat Crawford Spencer Thurman to try no. to get a title up seven no, no especially the, not at Khan's not at Khan's advanced age either he I mean he is getting up there in age and he's been like you know he's been um a part of, like, uh, on the receiving end of some brutal knockouts. So, mm-hmm. for all we know, this he could be, like, starting to hit the down slope. Because he hasn't, what, fought in, like, two years? Yeah, I don't think him, he's like, fought. Two years since... off, too. I mean, Canelo fight, I don't think. That. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll look it up to be safe, but that was my thought, too, is I don't think he's fought since then. So, um, I mean, he... Who knows if he's even at the elite level that he used to be at. At this point, you know, I don't, I don't see him beating any of the top 147 guys. Maybe, maybe, maybe Thurman, but 
And, I mean, obviously anything can happen with any of those guys. But, yeah, I don't really see him being able to beat any of the top 147 guys. I think his time as being, like, a title contender is probably going to start coming to an end here. I think he yeah, has I mean, one, probably he, has one more. I think he probably has – if he wins this fight, I think he has one more, like, title shot in him to where if he wins this fight, he's going to be in the title picture probably. But I think that this is probably going to be the last hurrah for him. Yeah, I mean, he – you know, he had – he lost back-to-back. He lost Peterson in the Garcia fights. But he went on a tear, beat Carlos Molina, Julio Diaz, Luis Colazzo, Devin Alexander, Chris Algieri, and then he lost to Canelo – uh, single to mile weekend 2016. So he, it'll be, you know, two weeks away from two years come this Saturday that he's fought last, you know, last. I, I don't, I don't, I don't see him getting a title in this division again. Cause you know, I don't, he's not beating Errol Spence to me. Um, no. I'm on the side where I, I feel Keith Thurman until, until Crawford, you know, really fights in this division coming up in June. I still think this is I still think Thurman's the pound for pound welterweight champ. Um I think he's the best fighter in the division. Um I know other people don't agree with it, but I, I think Thurman's the best guy in here. So I don't think you're beating Thurman. Um I think Spence is the second best fighter. He's not beating Spence. And that le you know that gives us Terrence Crawford where if Crawford beats Horn Crawford could leapfrog both Spence and Thurman for how good he is. And you're dead so you're definitely not beating Crawford. I think the yeah. only shot that Amir Khan has is if somehow Jeff Horn upsets Crawford. But then I almost think you can't say that because realistically, if Jeff Horn somehow beats Crawford and he just beat Pacquiao, then maybe Jeff Horn really is for real, and Amir Khan's probably not going to beat him then. We so all I think know he's what kind of... What's that? Sorry, go ahead. Finish your thought. My bad. No, what did you say? Go ahead. I said we all know we all know that Horn didn't beat Pacquiao though. I mean, no. on the on the record book it says that Horn won, but let's be real. You know, but if, here. if if he if he gets the same type of a victory over Crawford, what do you think that says then? If if Amir Khan fights him though, I guess is where I'm going. Like you really think they'll give Khan a decision if they didn't give Crawford or Pacquiao? No, probably not. So but I'm sure they're, I'm sure Horn's not going to get any big fights in Australia anytime soon, any ever no. again. And and here's the thing I'll say too is if he gets a BS decision over Crawford and wins again, I bet you a lot of these guys just avoid him and let him just Adonis Stevenson himself on an island somewhere and they don't even talk to him. You know, screw yeah. that that belt. We're not all getting screwed out. We'll just treat, we'll fight for these three titles and whenever he manages to vacate or lose, then we'll go back for that WBO. Now, I I don't think he makes it makes it past the eighth round against Crawford, but yeah, I mean, I've seen stranger things, but, you know, just even having the conversation says to me that Amir Khan's just, you know, he's there, but he's I don't know, I mean, does does he see? I don't even know. Like, do you, does he? I think, he I don't think title, he, if he if he wins this fight, I think he gets a title shot just because he's a big name and he's and he's back and he's think, he's a good he's a good selling point for for a fighter and you know it's a it's a fight that 
might not be super dangerous, but it's a big name, and it it would be like a good. He I think he still has a chance to be like a title challenger if he wins this fight. After this fight, if he wins it, I don't not saying he's gonna beat any of the guys, but he's an attractive he's an attractive guy to fight. But, you know, I I would I think too. You know, if you're if you're Spence Thurman or Crawford. I think there's got to be just a smidge of risk, though, fighting Amir Khan. I think that's the hard part where, where Khan's kind of stuck in a weird situation because he can pose a threat to somebody. Yeah. Do, do you think, do you think if, it, if, it didn't, if it isn't a problem to go from 147 to 154, do you think he'd have a better shot trying to fight a guy like Saddam Ali for his last title shot? Yeah, I think he has a better chance of beating Saddam Ali than the guys that we mentioned. You know, so maybe that's a maybe that's a, an idea. Go go up and wait one more class. Go to one fifty four and just kind of see what you can do in there against against the guy. Because I mean, look, we, we know Jared Hurd's going to be tied up with Charlo. I'm assuming they're going to they're going to unify the IBF, WBA, and WBC. Saddam Ali's got a fight coming up some point here soon. I'm going to scroll through and see if I can find it. But I know Saddam Ali's defending his title um, I think it's in May. Um, da, 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 da. Let's see. That's the Danny Jacobs fight. Uh, we're now in May. Like I think it's like the week after Cinco de Mayo. Uh, is that it? No, that's the Alexander Usyk. Lenares Lomachenko. Yeah, it's the same night as Lenares Lomachenko the weekend after uh, Saddam Ali's putting his WBO junior middleweight title on the line against uh, Liam Smith. Okay. Not much. That fight doesn't really do much for me. No, I think think Ali rolls him. I think, you know, Ali overcame that loss he had with beating Cotto like he did. So, you know, don't be rested. I'm not saying it'll happen, but you know, if, if I'm Amir Khan's camp, you know, he's, he, you know, he signed on with a new promoter. I can't remember who signed him, but he's on with a new promoter, and he's, he's going to make one more run at this, he said. Maybe that's the route to go. Yeah, you could be right. God, it's just, it's, that's the hard part for a guy like that, because, you know, 140 doesn't get it any easier. We, we saw, you know, Regis Prograis is, is definitely making noise. Mikey Garcia is still in that division. You know, winning that title against Lipinier. Obviously, Cairo Lippin Relic Yeh showed that Lipinier is still there. Cairo Relic dominated his last fight. Jose Ramirez yeah. has got a title, and he's no slouch over there as well. So he's, you know, it's kind of log jammed, you know, between those three divisions. And it's like maybe Saddam Ali is the is the weakest link, and that's not dogging Saddam Ali. It just no, you know, he when he can be beaten, I guess is where I, where I look at it. Yeah. Um, then obviously, you know, so, so we got all that moving on. Showtime is running a card on Facebook as well this coming Saturday. Um, on Facebook. So you have to watch it on Facebook. Showtime, uh, it's the Showtime Facebook page and also on YouTube. It's in New uh, Northern Ireland, but this it's, um, it's the Zolani Tite Omar, uh, Narvaez for Tite's Bantamweight. Uh, but Carl Frampton, Nonito Donaire for the vacant WBO featherweight. That's on YouTube. That's not on. That's not on the Frampton Donaire fights not on TV. On the Showtime's Facebook page or YouTube. 
What? <laughs> I would have thought that Showtime would have showed it at like 3 o'clock in the afternoon like they do with those fights and then showed the, the Barclays card at night and just showed both, but Apparently man, now I'm gonna have to try and figure out how to watch it on Facebook, man. Good thing I got a good thing I got a, like a Roku and a Roku TV. But <laughs> seriously, why and why is that on YouTube? Ugh. And and the worst part too is you know like so example this this coming Saturday you know I won't be able to watch it. You know if you're at that Truex thing you're not gonna be able to watch it unless you want to sit with your phone out. Yeah. This. It's, it, this is a fight I'm interested in that I probably won't be able to cover. Now, I will say I would hope that you can rewatch it at a later date on the YouTube page or the Facebook page. Yeah. So, you know, or maybe maybe it'll be on the Showtime app. I have the Showtime app, so maybe it'll be on that. Yeah, so so I'm I'm hoping when I get out of work, I'm going to watch I'm going to try to watch it before I watch the the Broner Vargas card because I'm sure they're going to have spoilers all over the place. So for anybody who's got to watch them at a later date, try to watch the Frampton first. Otherwise, you're probably going to get spoiled. Spoiler Uh, alert. (laughs) We don't have a ton of time here left. Uh, Let's let's take our last break. I know we're going to come back and not have much left for time. You know, maybe we'll go a couple minutes into overtime, but let's let's just take that last break for the sake of to get the rest of our uh, sponsors some love. And then we come back, we'll close out with just a quick rundown of news, rumors, the whole nine yards. Might be a quick segment, might, might be a little longer. You may, get a, you may get a little extra overtime since we've gone short uh, a couple weeks. So we'll see what happens. We'll, we'll break real quick, be right back. Standing account, Strong Sound Media. Missing out on an awesome Uh-oh. show sucks. SeatGeek is an app that lets you track your favorite artists and notifies you when they announce new shows nearby. You can even connect your favorite music services so that you never miss out again. SeatGeek, the smart way to buy tickets. Fan of pro wrestling like we are? We got you covered. From WWE, New Japan, Ring of Honor, Impact, Lucha Underground, All Japan, and more. We're talking the highs and lows in pro wrestling. Heck, we're even giving you people from the Okadas and Omega. We're even yeah. talking the Bone Soldiers yeah. and Enzo Amores. No. Sorry, no. Daniel. We'll stick to guys like this. Ryan Cook here, and you can check me out along with my co-host Alex Mello each Monday night, 6 p.m. Central Standard Time, right here on the Strong Style Media Network. Okay, I'm going to get that jersey for Steven. Oh, that Michigan sweatshirt is perfect for Susie. Ryan is going to love this hat. Fanatics.com has great gifts for all the sports fans in your life. Go to Fanatics.com right now and get free shipping and up to 10% cash back on absolutely everything. Every sport, every team. Fanatics.com, where sports fans shop. Calling all fight fans worldwide. My name is Elijah McNeil, and I'm one half of the best boxing podcast on the net. 
the one and only Standing Account Radio. Do you like hard-hitting commentary, analysis, and banter? Tune in on Sundays at 10 p.m. with my co-host, Ryan the Technical Legend Cook, and I break it down. That's Standing Account Radio, 10 p.m. Sundays, Strong Style Media. What's that? Call Ashley. Yeah, it's about time you call that girl. No, no, no. He just talked to that girl two hours ago. You got to let love marinate. Put love in that bag. To marinate. Mmm, love going to be in that bag like, mm, I can't wait to talk to him tomorrow. What? And then after it marinates, no, you're going to pull it out. Jamie, who's Alexa? Say it. Say it, Jamie. You Alexa. That's right. I'm Alexa. Thanks, guys. But I'll take it from here. Some OGC <laughs> or no boot camp click actually boot camp click my bad some guys from the boot camp clip are an OGC so but brings me back to the old days man <laughs> I thought uh, I thought that would make you feel better after uh, we heard um, sorry so just typical some... but the music is not hot <laughs> yeah maybe maybe you need to take your tracks. Update your game and do this thing. Be bolder. Be a little bolder when you do it. (laughs) Be bolder. Oh, one Um, thing I was going to say about our commercials mm -hmm. is I actually listened to the Joe Rogan one, and I can't believe he's like, I got a boner. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. uh, Demetrius noticed it like a month ago while it was going on at Lids. And he's like... He said some woman in the store when he was playing uh, he was playing WrestleCast in the store, some lady's eyes like looked up and like looked up at the speaker and he was like, Oh god So every time that commercial comes on now, I um I put his I put, I put his call because he he'll usually call and I'll just leave his phone on so he can listen that way because he doesn't get good Wi Fi in there. And um mm-hmm. I'll I'll put him into a screening room so it's just dead silence until it's over, then I'll put him back out of it. <laughs> <laughs> so that was random, but I just had to point that out. That I was like, "What?" <laughs> I thought that was, I thought that was funny. Uh, Triple G, Gennady, Gennadyevich, Golovkin apparently will be making his official official uh, decision on Wednesday or Thursday about what he is going to be doing. Um, there isn't enough money for Golovkin to get a high quality replacement opponent if he fights on that date without. Facing his IBF mandatory challenger Sergey Derevyanchenko, then he'll likely be stripped of his title. So part of the problem running into it is if he doesn't fight his mandatory, he may he may lose that title. Um, 154-pounder pound contender Vane's Marta Rosen is the front runner to face Golovkin on May 5th, but with the decision being made by Team Triple G on Wednesday or Thursday, it suggests that they could very well wait to fight again until September for the Canelo fight. 
In other words, Golovkin would wind up giving up his May 5th date to sit inactive for an entire year until Canelo is able to fight again in September. That's if Canelo is given a reduced six-month suspension by the Nevada State Athletic Commission after they meet with him on April 18th for his hearing on his two positive tests for clenbuterol. Golovkin has an opponent that the California State Athletic Commission and HBO have both agreed on in 31-year-old Marty Rosen, but the problem is that the IBF hasn't agreed on him and they likely won't anytime soon because they already have Drevi and Chenko as their mandatory challenger. They want Golovkin to fight on May 5th. Uh, Tom Loeffler said at some point we're going to run out of time. Right now it's three weeks from Saturday. The arenas are still working with us. The networks are working with us. Unfortunately, when you have fights like this that fall out, not everything is under your control. We're under the gun now just to save May 5th. At this point, what do you think Triple G should do? He he has to fight. He has to try and fight someone. He can't he can't sit inactive for a year and go into like a fight with Canelo after sitting for a year. You know what I mean? I just he's he's getting older, and his style of fighting. I mean he's fairly technical, but I mean he does take some punches and stuff. And his style of fighting, you know isn't good for older guys. So honestly, you got to like you got to try and stay active somehow and get your fight in just so you can so you're not like totally rusty when the Canelo fight comes around. Do you think it's one of those situations that Golovkin has, has kind of played himself into a tougher job and challenge collecting so many titles because there is mandatory fighters and if you don't fight them you can't just pick your opponents as, as often as you want. And he should just take the Derevianchenko fight and realize that, hey, if collecting belts and unifying this division is my number one my number one thing I want to do, I got to take the less money fighter because I don't want to lose the title. Yeah, that's, like I mean, that's what I would do. Because if he loses a title, then the whole Canelo fight doesn't mean as much as it would if they were fighting for all the titles. Mm-hmm. So, it, it, and it, that's, that's, it, it sucks thinking that, that he kind of, you know, put himself in this situation, which you never expect is going to go the way it goes. But I mean, and you know, the here's one more point. Here's mm-hmm. one more point I can make too. Um, who even know if he, if he gets stripped of his belt, who even knows if Canelo wants to fight him anymore, if he's not a title holder. Canelo could just like skip over and be like, "You're not a title holder anymore. I'm gonna fight someone else." Yeah, you know, and you know what's the crap part about that too is Canelo, regardless of what we want to say, is still the A side. He could go fight that guy who won, who took the vacant title now. Yeah, you know, and if he beats him now, he's got one of the titles. If he gets to Billy Joe before Golovkin gets him. Beats Billy Joe. Now he has the other half of the division, and all the leverage that Triple G has started to make headway of is now gone. Yeah. Ah, oh, it sucks. Yeah. Yeah, crazy situation. So if I'm Triple G, I'm finding a way to fight, and I'm probably just going to take my mandatory because that's what has to be done now in this situation. Yeah, and and I don't. You know, I think there's enough boxing boxing purists and fans that aren't going to criticize him to fight Sergey Derevianchenko. I think I'd rather see him fight Derevianchenko than Marta Rosen. You know, Marta Rosen's yeah, a 154-pounder that's coming up in weight to fight him. 
Yeah, I would much rather see him fight Derevianchenko just because I've already seen Marta Rosen fight plenty of times, and he's a good fighter. But I don't. I think Triple G beats him fairly easily. Mm-hmm. Uh, there might be a little more intrigue for the Derevianchenko fight just because I think Derevianchenko is a better fighter than Marta Rosen. Hundred percent. And like I, you know, like I said, I think that. The weight thing is definitely a, another, you know, kind of kind of hard factor that they need to need to look at with with Marta Rosen is I don't see him posing a threat because of that. Yeah. Um, Danny Jacobs says um, he wants Triple G next after he faces unbeaten junior middleweight contender uh, Masie Suleiki. Uh, Brooklyn Jacobs says Glovkin is just looking to take a soft take on soft opposition now. He says that fighters are not running from Golovkin like the way some people believe. Jacob says that fighters are running toward him and trying to get a fight against him. He said, my goal is to win however I have to to get me the victory. I'm on the cusp of a world title opportunity. I know I'm the mandatory for the WBA title, just waiting for my opportunity. I know those, I know those guys aren't in a rush to fight me. Him being a world champion is going to make it harder because Golovkin has all the belts. What do you think of that? That thought Danny Jacobs has. Do you think people are rushing to try to fight Triple G right now, or is he just kind of trying to get some hype? I think he's just trying to get some hype because, I mean, no one's, no one's like, jumping at the opportunity to fight Lom- or, uh, Golovkin now. I mean, he can't even find a fight. <laughs> That's such a good point. I'm glad you caught that. In the middle of all so, this talking, it's like, well, why can't he get a fight then? So and I, I love Jacobs, but I think Jacobs is just trying to get some get some hype out there so he can maybe, you know, be the the next guy that is in the title picture, whether it be against Canelo or Triple G for like the unification of those belts. So so yeah, I think it's just it's just it's just a lot of just talk and a lot of just like you know, I'm just trying to get myself back out there again. Not saying that Danny Jacobs is irrelevant, you know, but he's trying to promote himself a little bit, honestly, and I think that's about it. And, you know, I, I think it's a good tactic because he's, you know, it's not like he's, like, totally dogging him, but he's definitely no. reminding Triple G that he's out there. And I respect yeah. that. I like Danny Jacobs, and, you know, it's he's, he's coming at this in a much better way than the next thing I want to bring up, the – the Joshua Wilder scenario that continues to spin and turn around. Uh, Anthony Joshua says he, uh, Eddie Hearn says Joshua wants Wilder at Wembley in September. Um, Wilder has already said now that he's agreeable to come into the UK to face Joshua for their first of two fights between them. If he's not comfortable fighting in the U S however, Hearn will likely now need to increase that initial flat fee of 12.5 million that he's offered to Deontay for the fight to become a reality. So it sounds like they're moving on now from knowing that that was a stupid, stupid offer and how dumb, like whether he agrees with it, whether Hurd made him do it or Joshua agrees with it, Joshua should have never said anything to Wilder about that's a good number, take it. That was stupid. That made him look bad. And I don't mean to dog him, but that pissed me off. And, you know, this was something that we, we alluded to last week that we didn't say because I didn't want Elijah to break his computer, which about ended our, our 
chat session last Wednesday when we talked. But, you know, what, what we didn't tell you guys was Anthony Joshua endorsed a 80-20 split that it was a great deal for Wilder. Now, you know, after having days to think about this, Elijah, whether, whether Joshua meant it or Hearn had him say it, that was stupid. Are we in agreement on that? That was a dumb take. Yeah. I, th- I, um, think, I, th- I, th- I think it's very stupid. Um, but I just I think Joshua's kind of showing that he's a yes man. You know, he might not, he might not think it, but he's definitely going along with what his promoter is telling him to do. Whether it be like the, huh? Oh, I was just I was agreeing with you. You know, and he's young too, which definitely makes it makes him easy and easy more easier impressionable. Yeah. And I'm not I'm not the biggest I'm not like I'm not the biggest Wilder fan. I think he's exciting to watch and stuff, but I don't think he's on Joshua's level. But there's no way in hell that Wilder only deserves a twenty split. Like, he deserves more, like, 45, like, even 50. I think you have the two biggest names in heavyweight, in the heavyweight division, and, you know, they're, the, the, the money that they're both going to bring in for this fight would be astronomical. It would be, oh like, the most, re- it'd be the most relevant heavyweight fight since, like, Evander Holyfield was fighting back in the day, you know? And just to to only offer Wilder twenty percent is just insulting. Yeah, and just and, un- uncalled for it and ridiculous. And you know he's gonna be just the biggest factor of this fight making money as Joshua is, in my opinion. Maybe not so much if they fight um, in Europe, just because of the pro uh, Joshua crowd over there. But still, mm-hmm. people are still going to be like, "Oh my God, Wilder's fighting, fighting Joshua." I mean, it's so like twenty is terrible. That's just that's ridiculous. Well, and I and think if I'm Wilder, realize... sorry, go ahead. No, no, it's, you know, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I, I think what's ridiculous about this too is it's like, okay, if you're going to do an eighty twenty, so it's a sixty-seven, sixty-seven and a half million Joshua, twelve and a half million to Wilder. You could do a, a 55-45, yeah. and Joshua still probably makes $70 million. Yeah. You know, it, they, they, gave, they gave Joseph Parker 33%. We talked about that last week, how it makes no sense that they're offering him 13% less than a guy who he's better. You know, he's a much better draw, and, you know, he's 1-1A one one with Joshua on top of the, top of the division. It's what everyone wants. If if you put those two in the ring together, the tickets are going to sell themselves. He's going yeah. to make as much if if they do the split. I don't think he, you know, and I think I think what Eddie Hearn is thinking with this eighty twenty is he's thinking that it's going to draw what the Parker fight did. This thing is going to blow the Parker fight out of the water because the American yeah. audience he can sell they can sell this on Showtime pay per view and get yeah. a million buys from America. Yeah, and there's you're gonna make you're gonna make three hundred million from that. Yeah, and another uh, a lot of this could be too like Eddie Hearn like just kind of not wanting to work with Finkel. You yeah. Because I mean, obviously, if if I'm Deontay Wilder and they come to me with that offer, 
I'm telling them to fuck off. Excuse my language, but I'm not even I'm not even entertain I'm not even entertaining entertaining to fight for that. Like that's insulting. And you know, Hearn and Finkel have like issues and stuff and I think a lot of it could be that Hearn is just being stubborn and trying not to work with these guys just because he has some animosity towards them too. You know what I mean? So here's here's where I'm going to give you a massive downer, but I think there is a positive that we'll come back with. So this is going to get really frustrating even more, but then I think it's going to rise and become unfrustrating. But here's the latest after all of this is done. Uh, before Joshua faces Wild in September, Hearn will have to defend will have him defend his WBA heavyweight title against mandatory challenger Alexander Povetkin in the summer. There's some risk involved for Joshua in that fight unless he has a referee working the fight like the ones that officiated AJ's fight with WBO heavyweight champion Joseph Parker and the fact that it's it's a pull-apart referee. So I get that. You know, it, it stops a lot of contact, whatever. Hearn believes that Joshua Wilder fight won't bring in the kind of money that Deontay's management thinks it will. So Hearn doesn't think this fight's going to draw. Uh, which could be as much as $100 million. Her thinks it will only take in a $40 million payoff. Uh, perhaps wow. Hearn could be right. What's unclear, though, is why he's offering now. He's now offering Wilder a flat fee rather than a straight percent. That's the peculiar thing going on now. If Wilder agrees to take $12.5 million flat from Hearn, He's he's basically before I keep reading this. So for for what everyone listening is, he's now instead of saying well eighty twenty would get you about twelve point five, he's saying well, we'll just give you twelve twelve and a half million dollars, meaning that the fight only makes forty. Joshua is only making twenty seven and a half. So now you're looking at more uh, you know a better percentage for him is what they're basically saying. So they're it's trying to make deal. it. It's still a bad deal. It should be it that it should be twenty million each. Where another gets, thing, too, is he's saying that, but he probably knows that it's going to make more money than that. So if Wilder, like, agrees to that and the fight makes more money, they're making more, <laughs> like, they're making even more money. That's where, that's where this is going here. Check this out. Um, if Wilder agrees the $12.5 million flat fee from Hearn, then what happens if the fight does bring in $100 million? Does Joshua pocket all the rest of the loot and Wilder just continues to make $12.5 million flat? That's the whole problem with Hearn's flat fee offer now. Hearn seems to be basing it on a low projection of revenue coming in for the Joshua Wilder fight. The sum is fine if Joshua Wilder fight only takes $25 million. In that case, $12.5 million is, is a perfect amount for Deontay to get the fight being 50-50. But if the fight makes $100 million, Wilder is going to look bad if Joshua walks away with $87.5 million, as it's now a 87.5 to 12.5 split, which basically drops it almost in half of what he was going to make. Um, uh, I don't think Wilder's management are going to ever agree to a $12.5 million flat fee based on Hearn's low projections for the fight. If Hearn offered Wilder a flat fee now of $40 million, then I think there's a good chance that he and his managers, Al Heyman and Shelley Finkel, would agree to that number because it would be based on the highest possible projection for the fight. Um, which goes down, uh, the current 87-5-12-5 per split to give to Wilder isn't going to work. Finkel will be making counteroffer to Hearn, which is now believed that he's going to offer or ask Hearn for a 60-40 split. 
Hearn gives Wilder $40 million flat fee. He could wind up losing money if the fight only brings in $30 million. So the best thing Hearn can now do is simply give Wilder a 40% cut of the revenue, and I think he'll sign quickly if he's offered a percentage deal like that. It's in Hearn's best interest to make the Joshua Wilder fight happen in 2018 because if one of those two happen to lose, then that's a lot of money that we flushed, flushed down the drain. Joshua will not make the same kind of money facing any other current contenders in the division right now unless Tyson Fury is able to fight him, and who knows how long before that fight could even take place. Fury might look awful and lose in one of his four comeback fights even this year. He's <laughs> talking about wanting to fight four times in 2018, but might look poor. Joshua Fury won't bring in huge numbers in pay-per-view buys if Fury's looking sloppy and over the hill in his next four fights. Wilder 32 is probably the best bet for Joshua to make a huge amount of money fighting right now until some of the younger guys like Daniel Dubois start making waves at the upper levels of the division. So from the sounds of it is he's offering him an extreme low offer, extremely worse than before, which is just asinine and egregious. But it sounds like Finkel is going to come back with 60-40 and not the 50-50, which is going to be less than, they off, than, than what they were saying they wanted. Maybe Eddie Hearn agrees to the deal and we get it in September at 60-40, which I still think is low but I would still take it. What do you think if it gets 60-40? Is that, as much as maybe it isn't fair, is it, is it better to just take it, and if you win, now you hold the leverage against Eddie Hearn? Yeah, I would, I think even though it's not what I would like, it's not like the 100% most ideal thing, I think I would take a 60-40 if they offered it to me because, you know, it's definitely a lot better than a flat fee of 12.7 and 60-40 would probably be the highest that they would absolutely go. So, I mean, I, I would take it. And I would say that, you know, if I win this fight or if we have a rematch, then you have to, like, you know, give me a better split, so... And, and here's the thing is, I think if he takes a 60-40, say Wilder does knock out Joshua. Because I, I, I think that fight's going to go, I think it's going to be Joshua decision or Wilder knockout. I don't think Wilder can outpoint him. I think his only hope is to knock him out. I think Joshua's that good, but I think Wilder's that dangerous. So I think that's kind of how I equate the, the fight would go. Now, I could be wrong, but it, the logical answer for that is to me is that. If Wilder does not come out, does, does Wilder now have control? Does he get to look at Eddie Hearn and Anthony Joshua and go, hey, I got all the belts. Now, now let's talk numbers. I mean, or does Joshua still have the leverage because of the fan base and overseas? No, I think Wilder definitely has the leverage because the belts are now in the United States. And Wilder agreed to fight Joshua for less money than he, that he, than he feels that he's worth, and he agreed to fight him in his own backyard. And if you want the titles back, you know, now it's your turn to kind of agree to my terms to fight to get this title back. So Wilder would definitely have the advantage in that situation if that were, Eddie, if Eddie, that were to happen. Eddie Hearn, man. People is this. Eddie Hearn, man, just do it, dude. I honestly, I, I just think, I just think Eddie Hearn doesn't like those guys, and I think he just is like, it's almost like a, it's almost, it's not quite as bad, but to me, it almost feels like it's turning into like a Bob Arum 
Floyd Mayweather thing where yeah. no, one wants to, no one wants to see anyone make money off of each other and they don't like each other and they don't want to work with each other. It, what, you know what sucks about it is at some point here, you know, as, as the promoter for your fighter, you got to start looking at the interests of your fighter. And if your fighter wants that fight, and if, look, if I'm Eddie Hearn, and I know Anthony Joshua truly believes, truly believes he can beat him. I will, I will not, I will not argue if somebody says maybe he's making comments because he's a little nervous. I think any human being would be nervous fighting Deontay Wilder because of how hard he punches. I don't, yeah. and I don't think that's, I don't think that's a bad thing because you're a human being, you know. What I do think is, for as much as maybe he, may, there's, you know, maybe he has jitters, but in the back of his mind, I truly believe Anthony Joshua thinks he's good enough to beat him. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's, yes, he might be a little nervous because it might suck ass getting hit like that, you know, and, and he probably knows if, if Klitschko dropped me, I can't let this guy hit me, but this guy is not as skilled boxing as Klitschko was, and that's my advantage. At some mm-hmm. point, Eddie Hurt's got to realize that, Look, this dude's trusting you with his career. Don't hurt his career. Let him fight this guy. Because I'll tell you flat out, look what we saw come out of November November of 2016 and July of 2017. We saw Sergey Kovalev lose twice to Andre Ward. What did that do to Kovalev's career? Nothing. It didn't hurt him at all. Nope. He, he's getting title fights. He already took a title. He's already headlining. He's already climbing the pound-for-pound list that people have again. And it's because he lost to a guy who was the, the, the one and 1A with him. Yep. So if, 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 you, if you believe in your guy, let him fight Wilder. If he loses, it ain't going to hurt him. It's only going to generate more money and get you a rematch. And how great would it be to have that story? The belts come to America. Now Joshua's going to come over to try to take the titles. Can he bring up? You know, it's, it's, like, it's like Lennox and Holyfield. Yeah. Boxing needs this. And as a promoter, you've you got to do, you do your justice. Because if, if I'm Joshua, I would rather take the fight than have it an unknown what would have happened. Mm-hmm. You know, and and it's going to be the same thing with you know him and Wilder are always going to be stuck the way Floyd and Manny were, and and you know for for most of their careers, and I think that some people still are because of how long it took. The what if is going to hinder a lot of their career. For all the great things, you're always going to hear the what if. Yeah. You know, Floyd and Manny, Floyd and Manny finally fought, and everyone said, "Well, what if they would have done it five years ago?" Like, as much as everyone wanted to see it, everybody still nitpicked again. People yep. are going to do that the whole time with Joshua Wilder. And I don't want that for either of them because they're bringing the heavyweight division back to boxing. It's finally relevant. We finally don't have dudes just lumbering around holding the whole time like that god-awful fight we saw. Um, I can't even remember who it was. Julius Fowler? Yeah, you know, that's, that's what the epitome of the heavyweight division has been. It's Klitschko beating everyone up, and then every other fight's Junior Fowler. You know, just... And and here's what I'm hoping the, the kicker is for this, is Tyson Fury has come out and said, I'll fight Joshua, but it has to be a 50-50 split. <clears throat> there, is, there is no way. It, 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 Eddie Hearn needs to realize right now that if, if they fight Tyson Fury and offer a 50-50 split, that you've officially ruined your credibility. Yeah, because then it looks like you don't want to fight Wilder. 
So I think this is where, you know, after that bull crap that just came up, and I mean, look, you already dropped an F-bomb on air. I love it because as much as we never do that, that's how irritating that bullshit offer is that they gave. But I think, the now this is where I said the positive is, I think Tyson Fury might help this fight move on because people are going to go, bro, if you, if you give him 50-50, you guys are chumps. So I think now yeah. the ball's in their court. Oh, you know what? Let's take this fight and show that we're the real deal. So maybe Tyson Fury's, you know, dorun, dorun type attitude gets us this fight that we all want. So thank you, Tyson Fury, for making an asinine comment like that. <laughs> <laughs> so that's where I say it. I, I think that's where we get a little bit of a positive that came out. And it sounds like with the realization of how much numbers are coming out that they're offering a low end, that maybe when a high end gets offered, they start negotiating. And I don't know. But those are the two big fights that are coming up that we're hoping to see happen. Um, no other news really on the docket that I had. I know you wanted to talk Lara Charlo fight. Or Lara Hurd. Uh, um, you know, if you want to talk it for a couple minutes, we can, we can, we can break it down real quick. Yeah, let's break it down. Let's just do a quick, like, cause do you, do you, do you have your scorecard? No, I was watching it while we were on air last week, so I didn't oh, score that's it. Right. I, okay. what, but I, if I remember right, I think I had it from, from just going off memory. I had it six, six, but because of the knockdown, I gave it to her. So one fourteen, one thirteen. So six yeah, rounds a piece to make it a one fourteen tie, but because of the ten eight round makes it one fourteen one thirteen. Yeah, that's essentially what I had it too. Um, man, what a great fight! I mean, yeah, those were banging. I mean, Lara, man, like everyone always criticized Lara for not for not thinking that he is tough and for um, not like you know having fan friendly fights and. You know, this time he finally is in a fan-friendly fight, and he loses. And it's like, man, like, sometimes you just can't listen to the fans. You just got to go out and do your thing and do what you do. Because when he started, like, trying to stay in the pocket with Hurd and not really use his movement and stuff, mm-hmm. it started getting it started getting ugly. I had heard like I had heard win, like round four I believe I had him win, but I had Lara winning all those other rounds before and after that, and then round eight came and it was like all heard after that. So don't listen to the fans. Fight your own <laughs> fight. Fight your own style, and don't get into brawl. Like another thing too, don't get into a brawl, Jared Heard, because. He that's that's what he likes to do, and he usually will probably come come out on top. <laughs> yeah, Jared heard that dude can bang, man. And we saw, and, and, you know, Laura Laura was was so in control, and then I don't know. I just it's it's one of those things where you know it's almost like we we said with Amir Khan where. He started going in there, and it was like, why why are you avoid you know why are you changing your game plan? You know, you're you're feeding into your opponent, and you know he, he eventually got dropped, and that cost. Him I mean, the Jared Hurd, Jared Hurd was landing a lot of sneaky body punches though that probably 
were doing more damage than they looked. So he mm-hmm. probably tired. He probably tired Lara out, out quite a bit, you know. And yep. it was it was just God. It was like the t- it was like a tale of two different fights. I mean, for most of the fight, Lara was like on the outside in control, like hitting them with like just clean like clean counter punches, like just clean punches, and then like throwing in some combinations in there and stuff and. Hurt at times looked like he didn't really have an answer for it, you know. He kind of fights like, like a more athletic Antonio Margarito to me. Like I feel like, I feel like I'm watching a more athletic Margarito fight when I watch Hurt fight, and it's, you know, he's he's a fun fighter to watch. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely entertaining. I do enjoy watching him fight. Um, I did want to ask you real quick before we wrap up. Now the talk obviously for is is. You know Charlo Hurd. Um, what do you think Austin Trout? Because now I, be, I believe no Char, Trout's fighting the other is is Trout fighting the other Charlo? Yeah, he's, think fight, he he's fighting the other Charlo. Okay. Um, so what do you think? What do you think with a Hurd Charlo matchup? Who do you who do you got? I got I got Charlo just because I think Charlo's a can box and he's like a bigger guy than Lara, so I think mm-hmm. he can withstand. I think he could withstand uh, Hurd's pressure a lot better, because I mean, if you looked at if you looked at the fight and watched the fight, the size difference between Lara and Hurd was gigantic. It was it was like a massive size difference, and I feel like Charlo can handle his pressure better, and I feel like Charlo can do more damage as in like probably hurting Hurd with his punches if he lands like clean, clean punches like Lara was. So Oh yep, yep. Yeah, I, I, I got I got I got Charlo in a pretty close fight, but I, I, I would I've got Charlo. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. Um uh, next week we'll we'll talk about these fights kind of leading into what's going on. Uh, leading into Cinco de Mayo weekend as well, uh, April we'll, we'll break down what's coming up April 28th and uh, kind of leading into the May season where boxing really seems to ramp up here. Uh, next couple months after this are going to be really really good with fights. Uh, also next week we'll have our pound for pound lists updated for quarter number two here. Uh, it'll be interesting to see now that now that a lot of these guys have had a chance to have a fight. Um, where we changed and where we slot from where we had um, past rankings. So that'll be interesting. Uh, also, real quick, I know this is this is Tuesday related, but shout out to the the, the Timberwolves. Only lost by three. Almost beat the Rockets tonight, but Harden went off at the very end. Uh, Dude, Butler's my guy. I love buckets, but what kind of shot was that at the end of the game, man? <laughs> I didn't get to see the end of it. I saw up until like halfway through. I saw when they were, they were leading in the third, and then I fell asleep for like a half an hour before he went on air. Um, so I mean, at least they showed they could they can kind of play. Now I don't know if it's going to last <laughs> into the next game, but also shout out to the Minnesota Wild six two victory at home over the Winnipeg Jets tonight. Beat the piss out of them. Beat the piss out of them. <laughs> Uh, in real quick, Vegas, they just finished this game. They are now up three games to none against the Kings. They're about to sweep them. 
Maybe they're for real. Maybe they're for wow. real. And also, um, as I said last night uh, in our on our group Xbox meeting, let's hope uh, Victor Oladipo can go ham. Uh, we are now three losses away from my Lakers getting a king because the Pacers beat the hell out of Cleveland today. Yeah, I saw come, that. Come to L.A. Come to L.A. where we can, <laughs> we can shower you. We could shower you. So shout out, shout out to the Indiana Pacers for helping my dream of getting back to the playoffs. Um, maybe, maybe a week away. Because I'll tell you what, though, not not to keep talking sports, but I, I knew the Pacers were going to be difficult. But if they're going to come playing like that, holy crap, they're going to cause some problems for Toronto if they, in the second round. Oh man. Yeah. Is. Here's going to be my question. I'm going to leave you with Elijah, and you can uh, you can call in on Tuesday and and give me your answer. Or we can just banter on if you put on your headset after this. Did Indiana win the trade with OKC? That's my uh, leaving it to your question. We'll be back next Sunday talking some more boxing. Shout out to uh, shout out to all the guys too that that came out representing Minnesota on Friday. Shout out to Gizzy calling in, talking some boxing with us as always. Uh, can't wait to see what's going to happen with him June, July, oh, we're getting some fights Fanny Acott, we'll be back next Sunday night 10 p.m. Central, standard time on your dial For myself and Elijah McNeil We'll catch y'all, standing Acott, peace out Bye Using an overpriced trash bag Pricey, pricey, pricey A bag that breaks Whippy, whippy, whippy Or a smelly bag Stinky, stinky, stinky Time to switch to Hefty Ultra Strong Trash Bags, always at an ultra-low price. Hefty, hefty, hefty! They're our best bags yet, and they cost less than Glad Force Flex were sold head-to-head. So you'll be... Happy, happy, happy! Hefty Ultra Strong with Arm & Hammer Odor Control. Available at Sam's Club. Hefty, hefty, hefty! Using an overpriced trash bag. Pricey, pricey, pricey. A bag that breaks. Whippy, whippy, whippy. Or a smelly bag. Stinky, stinky, stinky. Time to switch to hefty, ultra strong trash bags. Always at an ultra low price. Hefty, hefty, hefty. They're our best bags yet. And they cost less than Glad Force Flex were sold head to head. So you'll be happy, happy, happy. Hefty, ultra strong with Arm & Hammer Odor Control. Available at Sam's Club. Hefty, hefty, hefty. 